I would like to begin this episode by thanking Zeta Fox, Jeff Sweet, Matt Walker, Adam Alla, and Amory. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and supported us. You can get lots of cool stuff by going there, bonus shows, uh, access to our Slack team, uh, uh, early access to our shows, all that good stuff. Uh, we, we think it's worth it. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Ribbon, which is a which first... Which is not the sequel to Mist. <laughs> oh, fuck. 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 <laughs> it is. It, it, one thing, I did it wrong. <laughs> they, damn it. Damn they, it. Damn they, it. They wanted to make sure you knew that. God, yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> this so week, stupid. This week, we're... T- <laughs> We're talking about Riven, which is a first-person adventure game developed by Cyan and published by Red Orb Entertainment, uh, a subsidiary of Broder Bunch for the PC in 1997. And it is the sequel to Mist. It is a direct sequel. There we go. Yes. Got it right. Got yeah. it too. Um, this episode was executive produced by Dr. Bois. Bois? Uh, so thank, thank you, Dr. Bois. Thank you, Dr. Bois. I've been trying to get this on the schedule for 10 years. So yep. and it, <laughs> you, you, my price was paid. That, that, that's not true. I uh, yeah, yeah. I was happy to play this as a good game. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, I'm a I'm a real uh, I'm a real mist head. I'm a real. Uh, yeah. de- You're a pig and shit. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a freak for the Denis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a certified Denis freak. <laughs> Seven <laughs> days a week. So five five days a week. Five, five, five plus two days per week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Five ages a week. I'm a certain <laughs> certified Denis freak. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is a direct sequel to Mist. Uh, you start out kind of right where you uh, uh, left off with, uh, with Atris uh, on the island of Kavir in the city of Denis. Uh, you are playing as the stranger, a.k.a. yourself, uh, and you're working with Atris to uh, rescue his wife, Catherine, from the dying island age of Riven, uh, which is ruled over by Atris's power-mad father, Gen. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a cosmology to the series. Uh, generally, Mist is about uh, this legacy race of people who look just like us, mm-hmm. um, except they're called the Denis. And they learn this uh, this ability, this art, where they write books, and uh, by writing a book, they create a place or discover a place. There are philosophical differences mm-hmm. as to what's happening um, there, and then they can link them to go to these different worlds called ages. Yes. So it is uh, kind of you know, as you write it, you change the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah. um, as it is experienced. Descriptive books, linking books, all of these things. Uh, the mechanics of how you get from one place to another are uh, really important. Because, uh, like, ages mm-hmm. can be prisons and stuff like that. Uh, and, it, yes. it uh, can, you know, you're going to have to figure all of that out on the way on the way here, you're exploring the Age of Riven uh, from first person. Plays pretty much exactly like the original Mist. You are shifting between these pre-rendered scenes to go around the environment. You know, turning around and advancing, zooming in on particular things, kind of like a slideshow. Um, and uh, you are trying to manipulate these mechanisms uh, and kind of learn about these cultures in order to solve puzzles and accomplish your goals. Yeah, it, it is. I uh, think you know. Go back to the second episode of this show. Yes. And don't the audio quality is terrible. But if, <laughs> if you do, we talk about this. This is a hypercard stack mm-hmm. uh, game. So a series of uh, individual scenes. When it's animated, it's playing a video for you. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing animates that you control um, in this. Right. Uh, unlike the original Mist, you're not going to these individual ages uh, that are a hub that have self-contained puzzles. Instead, uh, you spend most of your time on Riven's five islands kind of doing one big Omnipuzzle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or a couple big Omnipuzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has that uh, Outer Wilds feeling to it where it is, uh, you know, going from place to place, getting clues, and then using them in different spots. Yeah. Um, this used to be um, a prosecutable crime <laughs> for the creators of this because the way they decided to make the five uh, disc version of this on CDs was every island was a disc. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you go to an island and then complete the island and then leave the island. Sometimes you're just um, passing through. A lot of times you're just passing through and just a, a lot of load time um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I did not play this uh, like that. And that's probably a big reason. Yeah. Uh, why? I was like, oh, that's re- it's really intimidating. I, I initially played this on the PlayStation fu- on the blah, on the PlayStation blah. Uh, no, on the original PlayStation. Uh, and it ships in a massive case. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it's even, you know, if you, if you think it's bad on PC, wait until you have to uh, get up and walk up to your television every time you need to switch as well. Yeah, yeah. that's rough stuff. Look, luckily, this is obviated. Uh, yeah, entirely. Yeah. I play this from the comfort of the supercomputer I carry in my pocket because we <laughs> we live in the future. Now, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I can I can attest it is a good port. Yeah. So if you would like to play this, uh, which I recommend, it's a cool game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four bucks, and you play it on your phone. Yep. Yeah. So. Or you can get it on Steam or any or, you know any other uh, digital storefront. It was just recently uh, re released as part of a big uh, reacquisition that Cyan did of all their games from uh, from Ubisoft. Uh, so you can get a mm-hmm. hold of it. This really hasn't been a problem since like 2002 when they did a reissue of the entire series on DVD as well. Yeah. Like this game was yeah. like three years too early, much in the same way that Myst sold CD drives. Um, th- this would have sold DVD drives if they were uh, yeah. commercially available at the time. Yeah. Or cool uh, PC trunk-based disc, disc changers. <laughs> yep. Um, each island has its own purpose uh, here. And you basically walk around using context clues and uh, very lengthy diaries. Yeah. Uh, given Remnant from the Ashes a run for its money. Um, <laughs> to figure out uh, Gen's characterization, um, what's going on with this world, what the culture of this world is, and how to reactivate this machinery that is blocking your forward progress. Yes. What I would say is the difference, you know, yes, the uh, diaries are very lengthy. They're also rich with clues, like their yeah. diagrams and things like that. Like, it is not just flavor that you are getting. You're actually you're actually figuring out quite a bit by paying attention to those. 
Yeah, it's 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 not just flavor. I I don't like the pacing of how long those are when they pop up. Yeah, yeah, they could have uh, uh, broken and, them out into a couple more. Um, yeah, I I would have liked that a little bit better because it, there's just kind of a like you sit down and now it's time to you know to read a novella. Yeah. Um, here and the, the, it's weird. Like I was trying to, this is a a question that I I was wrestling with in coming up to this and it's kind Mm of summation level, but I was just like, is this a well-written game? Like the, the world building is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but is, is, do I think that the dialogue and, you know, kind of, uh, the actual story of what's happening outside of just the concepts that come with mist, Mm -hmm. do I think that's a good story? And I don't know. Um, like, I feel like there are a lot of weird kind of like dead ends, like probably things that were tackled in novels or sequels, but like Catherine feels weirdly like a dead end in this to me. There's a lot of like hinting that she's up to no good, which came from her earlier draft mm-hmm. is my understanding, you know, when she was a villain, uh, and stuff. And I just, I have a weird feeling about the writing in this, mm-hmm. like the world building lore, very good performances, generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to say the story of Riven is very good because there's so little story there. Yeah. Um, and I felt that a lot in the in the diary entries where I was like, yeah, this this there's a weird element to this that feels almost like amateurish to me. Mm. And it kind of is. You know, it's it's not that these guys hadn't made a game before, but it is, you know, this is an Artur product. Yeah. You know, it's it's these dudes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so it's just a weird, weird feeling I came away from it. Yeah. Like, as a question. I mean, I'll I'll throw it on this. I mean, like, this is the game that made me fall in love with this world. You know, it kind of hit me at exactly mm-hmm. the right time. I think that the story in this is very good, uh, specifically because it focuses around Gen uh, and, like, really demonstrates the ways in which he is a shit and a Denis supremacist oh. and what that means. Um, yeah, Gen is he, an absolute monster. Like, yeah, he is a well-observed shithead. You know, this. and everything with Catherine, you know, I think that that is a well-placed red herring. You know, as you kind of like learn about this resistance, but like that diary that you get to, I mean, obviously there, there, there are spoilers. You just if, stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled. But the diary that you get to where she comes back to her homeworld and is incredibly alienated from them because they think she is a god. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that is really good. And the way that this resistance pops up in opposition to to, to what Gen is doing. Um, all of that works for me very, very well. And you have to pay attention to that to, you know, kind of figure out, do I trust again or do I not? Do I let Catherine out? Do I not? You know, obviously there's one golden ending where you, you know, get this stuff, but like you can make your own call on those individual things and get an ending that is, you know, related to that. You know, Gen will betray you. You know, you do want to get Catherine out because she is, you know, doing good things you know but yeah that's uh that that is left to you to discover i think i think it's maybe just it it sells it a little hard like to me i did not feel at any point that gen was was redeemable or had any doubt at all right um and i did not feel at any point that Catherine was anything less than like super good Mm -hmm. um you know from from any of the things that i had read yeah yeah. uh from the game so it it felt like they were trying to add shade but once i learned that that was from a leftover draft Mm -hmm. you know that at one point they they had experimented with having Catherine be the villain it just made tons of sense to me like Mm -hmm. it had the feeling of vestigial writing yeah to me in a weird way that they kind of repurposed into a red herring Mm -hmm. like i'm I'm you know not trying to nitpick your 
you know, your, your house coming to your house and take a shit on the floor <laughs> or nothing. Like, I like this game. I think yeah, it's neat. Yeah. It's just like, it's a, it's a, a, there were parts of it that felt off in that, in that aspect specifically yeah, yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I admire that like you, it is up to you to kind of cut, you know, piecemeal decide what you're going to do. Yeah. And, uh, to me the, you know, the quote unquote golden ending felt very obvious, mm-hmm. but looking up online and seeing all the different variations of what happens if you decide not to was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that they, they plan for all those contingencies, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, con- the, contingencies or outright mistakes you could make if you do not understand, you know, what is happening when you touch the panel in that book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the three goals you have that, you know, again, you can accomplish them, uh, you know, any or, you know, none or all of them mm-hmm. um, is to capture Gen in the special prison book you're given, free Catherine from her prison, and then signal to Atris uh, to come into the age and take you back, take right. Catherine back to the Denis and hopefully get you back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to do this, there are two large meta puzzles that you're going to spend, you know, most of the game gathering clues for. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, just their points where you go in and just input what you have seen, um, stranger, uh, one of which involves, uh, observing local wildlife and searching for, uh, imagery of them and the scenery. Uh, the other mm-hmm. of which involves, uh, tracking the physical locations of these various domes around the islands, uh, and, uh, pinning their location to grids based on imaging, imaging, uh, mechanisms that you find on one of the islands. I, I hated that pegboard thing too. Yeah. The, my other major nitpick of like the the puzzles I found at the end of this, I found very annoying. I found that puzzle very annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, the stuff before that though is cool. I just was like, man, this is, I just want to be done with it. Like I had yeah. a very intense, like fight or flight, like get this fucking panel off my screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I would flip this in real life. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is um, notorious. They call it the uh, yeah. the waffle maker from hell is what does uh, what the fans uh, call it. We'll talk about it when we get there, but it, the possible solutions to it, uh, if you don't rule out one of the colors that doesn't exist in the Denis, um, uh, oh gosh, their color notation, uh, it's in the trillions uh, is the possible yeah. the, the the possible inputs. It feels like a big well, overcorrection on their part from yeah, uh, make from, sure that... from the original mist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we just have to assume everybody on Earth is going to play this a hundred times. <laughs> you make sure nobody stumbles upon it. It also uh, is pretty colorblind, unfriendly. Yes, uh, yeah, the game in general. Yeah. Uh, it's worth saying. Like, it took me a while to figure out what I was missing, and then looked online and saw that I was even supposed to be paying attention to colors. Yeah, when they were <clears> using uh, gold and gr- or yellow and green, that looked very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a huge bummer. So yeah. there were some of these things in the end, you know, specifically that waffle iron grid where I understood the concept of it, but trying to positionally relate like, okay, the, the peg that's in this space, the internet tells me it's this color. Mm-hmm. So I just need to remember that. Which of these is this, this color? Yes. Yeah. I, I got mad and, mm-hmm. and stopped and that's, you know, it's 1997. I don't really blame the developers for mm-hmm. For, for using that, but just know if you're going to this uh, colorblind, uh, it's pretty colorblind unfriendly. Yeah, aggressively um, so. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you're also going to be learning the Denis numbering system. Uh, not the written mm-hmm. language, although you could if you had the software for this. Uh, there is Denis writing uh, around mm-hmm. here. Uh, it's not until later, Mist 4, you need to learn a little bit of uh, like what, uh, what syllables, what phonemes are associated with uh, Denis characters. So, 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, you have to you have to intuit the uh, the language mm-hmm. um, here. Um, this is a note game. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a lot of notes while doing this, um, which was you know it made me wish I was not playing on my phone. Yeah. Just because the the convenience of that was it being on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wanted to basically write down everything. Yeah. Um, you can always go back, but it's kind of a pain to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll save yourself a lot of trips by taking uh, copious notes. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you might not be aware. You know, you do need to, you know, spend a little bit of time figuring out what frequency the game wants it to be on in regards to which notes. It can be either in, uh, you know, a cool aha moment that uh, some of the sounds you're hearing are calls from animals. But it can also mm-hmm. be frustrating because, like, fuck, man, how do I write down this particular kind of groan that I heard? <laughs> yeah, like, caca, caca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they would uh, they would step on that rake again in Mist Four Revelations, one of the worst titled games I've seen. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Mist Four Revelations, the sequel to Mist Three. Exile. Exile. Mystery Exile works. Mystery's good. Um, no. but, uh, but yeah, you're going to be taking notes here, a tip on getting around, uh, some of the transition animations are pretty cool, but they're also really long. Uh, like I don't have to watch that maglev train turn around again. So, Mm-mm. uh, if you press the escape key, you will skip past them, uh, which is yeah. a, which is a good way to uh, go and zip around the islands. Yeah. In iOS, it's just a button. Yeah. On the screen. Yeah. So uh, you can make it uh, quicker, even though this is, it is fairly big. It still takes a while to like circumnavigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're skipping animations. Yeah. For this. yeah. So you, you want, if you're able to be efficient by taking notes, you want to do that. Um, you have an inventory, but you don't use it to solve puzzles. This isn't that kind of adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a place for diaries. You can review them. Yes. Yeah. And diaries, like we said, have diagrams. They have, you know, the color and number notations that'll help you decode things. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you are going to be referencing these. Uh, mm-hmm. A large departure from the original mist, which is a beautiful void. Uh, you know, the isolation of the original mist uh, as its own kind of horror. Right. Uh, here in Riven, there are other people. Uh, the islands are inhabited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see either Gen's guards off in the distance. You're going to see villagers. You're going to see uh, the resistance. Uh, most of them are terrified of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, it is a very distinct feeling. I, I have a you know, recollection of it being very unsettling and just kind of putting me on edge when I walked onto a screen and there was just a person there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And additionally, there are actors in this. It is not just rand and robin miller uh hamming it up you know rand miller is still there playing atrus but you have like actors who will speak to you you spend time with gen uh jonathan Mm -hmm. keston i think is the actor's name uh you have Catherine, um you know occasionally as well yeah so this is a a lot less lonely Mm -hmm. yeah the uh and you can see why um you know the making of uh, kind of little documentary that came with this that you can watch on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, talks about how difficult this was Yeah, to uh, integrate the people into their, their CG backgrounds uh, mm-hmm. using blue screen. Um, so, you know, they're rightly proud of it. Like it looks pretty good. Yes. Um, also just, you know, cause it's been several hundred episodes uh, since we did mist. <laughs> I'm going to repeat uh, Brayden Cameron's very funny idea, Okay, which was to make a mist clone. And on the cover, you put like a big demon guy, uh-huh. Uh, you know, like, like, you know, Jack spikes or something. 
and uh, you go through the, it's just mist. Like you go through the whole game and there's no, you never run into him, but you spend the whole time because it's all lonely. Because, uh-huh. you, you know, you think that there's going to be the demon there because that's how these games work in terms of being scary. Uh-huh. And then you do a sequel and it says, guess who's back? With <laughs> <laughs> the same picture of the demon, like, on the front. <laughs> that's really good. Rain Cameron is a very funny man. He's a very funny man. I'm happy to know him. Sartorial as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, you know, good, good acting, good loneliness with good startle moments. Like there's mm-hmm. a part where a little girl pops out that is like, oh shit. Like I just you know, didn't expect it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it has that, uh, that Bioshock one thing where you're not really interacting directly with any people. Right. Right. You know, they're always kind of behind screens or you're behind a jail cell or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they don't, you know, it's terrified that you'll click on a person. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't know what'll happen. Like all those organs will open up and you'll start rearranging them or something. Um, but uh, it is still interesting to see the world have people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that world is really beautiful. Like this game looks fantastic in a way that mm-hmm. Mist does not. Um, mm-hmm. For re- you know, technical reasons that we can get into when we talk about kind of the the, the making of this, I still th- I still think this game is fucking gorgeous. Low res, yes. yes, but like the visual design of it is striking, and the fact that everything is uh, pre rendered, yes, it does kind of bring a bit of a stillness and a distance to it. But um, I think that that is complementary to what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a distinct aesthetic that is also helped along by this really haunting atmospheric music uh, that leans really heavily on leitmotif. Yeah, I didn't want to have like real Riven, you know, where like I was walking <laughs> around. Like I like the still scenes. Yes, um, I like how it looks now. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, this tyrant, you know, in the, the story here there is more plot yeah. for sure. Um, it's not just like here Idris's weird adult sons, like deal with them. <laughs> um, Gen is a really, really well observed character and he mm-hmm. does, uh, the thing where you get to see his works before you meet him, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of put together the clues of what kind of society, uh, he's kind of created, mm-hmm. um, here. And that is really satisfying. Yeah. Um, you, you have in the notes here that it's got Dark Souls DNA to it, and that's that's true. Like that part mm-hmm. does feel like Dark Soulsian. Like, oh, like you know, this is what the what these people lived like up until yeah. some asshole happened. <laughs> this is this is why I'm seeing you know just all of a sudden in this particular area this sculpture pop up. What is this machine for? Oh, it's actually for something really horrifying. Um, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I said this on Twitter, but I will repeat it here. I can draw a direct line from falling in love with this game to falling in love with dark souls. It plays on a lot of similar buttons for me personally. Um, and the <laughs> way that it delivers its story, I think it is chef kiss in terms of like the, the theoretical from software dark souls game we've talked about with like little combat. That's just about exploring the worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be that, different than this right the aesthetics would be would be different yeah like riven has its own specific uh kind yeah. of uh kind of thing like victorian I, I think still mixed pre- with island stuff yeah 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 it's a you know i, I think i would still prefer spooky castles and mm-hmm. you know you know all the statues are missing the right leg like scariness. <laughs> yeah but uh more than i would prefer this but i can i can see that the dna <clears throat> for sure yeah 
Um, and the most effective piece of storytelling in this for me was seeing, you know, figuring out all Gen's shit headery and then meeting him and having him try to gaslight you out of it. Yep. Um, was the, the most effective piece of, uh, you know, characterization work in this. I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good moment. I've changed, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what, what Atrus did here to these people is horrible to them. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Sir? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Look what Atrus made me do. <laughs> it, it's very, it's it's very similar. Yeah, this is like abuse month, like we, between uh, Losa and yeah. the demon, uh-huh. and how Ratchet treats Clank. <laughs> like we, <laughs> it's total abuse month, man. Oh no. Um, the uh, so this the, uh, began development shortly after the completion of Mist um, mm. under the title of Mist Two. Uh, they thought it was a little too unclear as to whether it told you whether it was the sequel to this. <laughs> yeah. So they had, to, they had to change it. Yeah. Uh, the, for a while, the working title was Equa Key, uh, yeah. spelled like Equa, and then uh, Key, like, you know, this sailing, purple dock kind of thing. I'm happy that they didn't do it because Ekike is another way to say that. <laughs> yeah. You can't have two QUs in a word and have no, it sound cool. No, no. Riven is a better, is a much better name. Uh, not only because it plays into the five motif, but also because it's a description of what's happening to the island. It is a much more satisfying um, uh, symbolic title than Equiki. Mm-hmm. Blah. Uh, as mentioned before, there was a draft uh, early on where Catherine was the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just an offhand character in the first game, uh, but they were going to have her be the main villain. And there are, uh, again, they kind of pivoted this into some gaslighting. Yeah. Um, Robin Miller. Uh, was the lead designer of the world and its puzzles, along with this new team member, uh, Richard Vanderwend, uh, who is this former animation supervisor at Disney and really shook things up. Yeah. According to the documentary. He was the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, according to the documentary. There's a long form um, article that was written in Wired uh, contemporaneous with the release of the game that is that is pretty good. That also kind of describes mm-hmm. that he, you know, came in to bring a little bit of edge to things. Um, and he also didn't fit in because both of the Miller brothers are evangelical Christians and he is not. Mm. Um, so that also caused a little bit of, uh, a, l- a little bit of conflict, uh, between them. It's a good article because like it talks about like the actual, just like physical working relationship that they had and kind of the drama mm-hmm. that went in between, especially the brothers, like this game very nearly like one of them even says like, yeah, we would have had to get divorced from get, get divorced as brothers of things, you know, work, worked out a different way. But yeah, uh, they brought yeah. in, they, they brought in Vanderwind's brother divorce. Yeah, brother divorce. They brought in Van, uh, Vanderwind's, uh, he like worked on Aladdin. Uh, he was a good asset for the animation and stuff like this, uh, stuff like that. Uh, they worked on the puzzles first before they laid out the world because they wanted to integrate them into the scenery. Uh, much more so than they ended up being able to do in Mist, um, and mm-hmm. that is uh, definitely a strength. Uh, probably even to a fault, as things are very well hidden uh, within the scenery itself. Yeah, few, fewer like you go to a panel. Yes, you know, which is, which is probably part of why the pegboard mm-hmm. was so frustrating to me because like, oh, I'm at a panel, a yeah. puzzle panel. Yeah. Um, um, story story was developed at the same time they did the puzzles. Uh, the Millers worked with an author named David Wingrove to write Miss novels, uh, two prequels to this and a sequel, mm-hmm. which Cole Ross has read. I have. They're good as far as young adults novels go. Um, mm-hmm. I like them. Uh, I didn't read them until wa- well after I played uh, the Mist series, but I think that they're good. Uh, especially, I like the third one a lot. 
because it kind of goes into like in the past the Denis people kind of like schismed off of a group of people and you find they find this sealed age to go and meet like meet them like this other potential branch of the way the the Denis could have gone and you see that what they end up doing is oh they live in paradise because they use the ages uh basically as colonial colonial holdings uh, and hmm. they harvest thousands upon thousands of slaves and strip mine all of the resources so that they can live in luxury with a with like a slave caste that they don't even acknowledge visually. They never look at them. They are they're so indoctrinated that they do not see that these people are walking hmm. around. Uh, it's good. <laughs> it shows exactly what could happen with this kind of power. Yeah, there is some colonial theming yes uh, in this game as well with how again uh oh rather with what atros made again to these people. <laughs> yep yeah uh you know those books are not masterpieces by any stretch uh the first one is a little bit too star warsy as you grow up with atris uh but it is like a direct sequel or direct prequel to the mist the the original mist and it's also like chronologically because it came out in 1995, like the first time you would meet Gen and learn that he's a bastard or like learn how Atris met Catherine uh, and had these kids. Mm-hmm. The middle one, the book mm-hmm. of Tiana, like actually d- dwells on the the downfall of the Denis people on Earth um, and the way that she, you know, inadvertently like Gen blames it on her, but like she was involved in what led to all the Denis dying. Yeah. 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 Well, rip to the Denis. Yep, but we're different. Uh, <laughs> Up here on the surface. Yep, doing good. Uh, the the uh, the original Mist had this very small team, um, developed entirely in Rand Miller's garage. Um, the second game they started in the garage. Mm-hmm. Their uh, scenes, uh, you know, their their you know shots in the documentary of them crouched over in this garage, mm-hmm. uh, just looks like an absolute fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, until they eventually compl- expanded the project, um, renting some office space and then building an office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and expanding the team um, because the the project just kept expanding in scope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to uh, understate how big of a hit Mist was. So they had uh, money uh, to kind of just realize whatever their vision was. And this budget uh, of this game was ten times what it cost to develop Mist. Yes. Um, with that kind of uh, just s- not scope creep because they did what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. but they set out to make something in much bigger in scope. Yeah. Uh, the budget is 10 times what it is and you can see it. A lot of it is on the mm-hmm. screen. Yeah. Um, the original mist. I mean, we talked about it in the, in the initial episode, uh, episode two talking about the first game, but it was the biggest selling PC game of all time up until the Sims came out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's a planted doom and then just ran away and cyan, you know, they had all of this money. They didn't need to take an advance from Broderbund. You're like, Broderbund was like, yeah, we'll publish it. It's a great, great thing. We'll, we'll do that again. But like, no, we're not going to take an advance because we don't want you to dictate terms to us. So they mm-hmm. had all of this leeway when it came to scope and timeline because they were just working off of missed money that was coming in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, however, uh, they did miss the, the Christmas 1996 window. So Broderbund's stock tanked. Yep. Uh, ripped to Broderbund. different. <laughs> Um, the, uh, as we mentioned, there is that, uh, additional budget that went into this additional scope. Um, and this means it's much more visually intricate. Um, there is this emphasis on texture detail, uh, in the animation. So things look, uh, significantly more real. Yeah. Um, the team spent uh, a few days around Santa Fe, New Mexico, just taking pictures of Adobe's and shit yeah. to plaster onto their game. Uh, and it worked. Yeah. 
um, you know, all of these textures are from real buildings and it shows. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you go back and compare the original mist, you like, you can see that the textures are all very aggressively tiled. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that is a charming look. Uh, it feels a little bit like, uh, you know, just a VHS that you would get that is just called, called like CGI dreams or whatever. They just, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that would be like Into harvested for, yeah, harvested for vaporwave stuff later. Uh, I like that. This, however, is like beautiful and looks real in its way. Uh, it is a good, uh, it, it, it was a good use of their resources uh, to do that. <clears throat> well, it's interesting how it, uh, in the, uh, the first one, which I also really like, you know, that the, the feeling of the first miss and the look of it, um, here things do kind of blend in. Yeah. Uh, you talked about that a little bit earlier, but that visual fidelity does have a little bit of a price. Um, mm -hmm. About halfway through the playing, um, I turned on the feature on the iOS version that was just like highlight interactable stuff. Oh, that's a really good feature to have. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like, what is the point of of hiding this? Like, mm -hmm. And they weren't doing it on purpose. They were, it was in service of making it look good. Yeah. But that's something that it was a weird knock-on effect of the lo-fi version of Mist, where like something that you were meant to interact with clearly stood out. Yeah. Uh, because um, and, it often stood out from anything else in the uh, in the geometry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was just a puzzle panel, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, here, uh, I ended up having to use that feature, and I don't regret it. Um, even if that did like spoil my immersion a little bit or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. The um, uh, I have limited life days on this planet for sure, and the fact that you were playing it on the phone, it was really canny. It was like a really good decision that they put that there, uh, because mm -hmm. if you're playing this on a computer with a mouse. You know, you are mousing over objects and seeing the cursor change as it hovers over things. So that's how you determine that something is interactable. So like, like seventh guest. Yeah. So you are you're feeling, you know, you're feeling for buttons and seeing like, you know, the way you would be feeling for buttons on a surface if you were actually in this space. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, and a lot more animation, as we mentioned. Yes. So live action performances. Uh, this was all basically new to them, even though there were mild live action mm -hmm. windows and missed one. Yes. Uh, there's significantly more here. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had to do, you know, very intricate green screen or uh, blue, like blue screen uh, chroma key kind of stuff, like building sets, doing almost like a Nick Arcade kind of thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, Nick Arcade presents mist. <laughs> hey, kids, don't starve. Um, <laughs> When talking about the kind of difficulty of this uh, and the complexity, Rand Miller says that during development, uh, the two most common complaints about Mist are that it's too easy and that it's too hard, mm -hmm. um, which is a hard thing to design for. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this information, guys? Uh, so what they did was they they made this game super fucking hard. Yeah. Um, I think this hard... is this is really difficult. Um, yeah. I am not. I leaned on Universal Hint System mm -hmm. with, with some frequency. There's no shame in that. Uh, in There's no shame in that at yeah. all. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm beyond shame for such things. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine feeling shame about how you play a video game. True. True. Um, I am also, I, I'm know. not saying that so much for you, but anybody who might be listening, if they're like, Oh, these guys are talking this game up. I, I want to go and take a look at it. Nobody should feel bad about using universal hint system for what is considered to be one of the best, but also the most difficult of these first person adventure games of this era. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I found, and sometimes it, it, you know, it, for some of the big puzzles, again, like it hit the right spot for me, mm -hmm. you know, like the animal stuff all worked pretty well. The, the, the number stuff, pretty good. Uh, the grid thing can suck my dick. Mm. And then the, uh, you know, so it, it was this weird, uh, you know, and part of that was also color related. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, again, just mm-hmm. to, to make this all about me and my dumb eyes. <laughs> um, I like the grid thing. I'm an apologist for it, but like, I also understand why it is a tough putt. Not even, not even just for colorblindness reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so even just the, the classic over corrections, especially, you know, I see this in sophomore projects, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, Robin Miller, you know, later on, I think this was like at a missed fan convention, like in 2020 or something, you know, but he said he was really disappointed because if you read about Robin Miller, he's kind of somebody who talks a lot about like, I want to create worlds. Like it is a very mm-hmm. like mid nineties working in tech and interactive, you know, CD ROMs kind of thing. Well, the so like, game is kind of about that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the whole concept of, of these books and stuff. Like there's yeah. a very specific kind of nineties bearded dork that these, these games uh, embody. And it's the people who made them. Yeah. Like if you true. look at them, it's like, oh, it's that guy. Oh yeah. It's that you guy. Know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, Robin Miller said like, I, I, you know, I wanted to create these worlds. Um, and I feel like by making the, this one so difficult, I failed uh, in uh, doing that because I put up a lot of blocks uh, for people who, uh, you know, just wanted to kind of get around uh, and look at it. So, yeah, there's a balance to hit for sure. I think that the the the, the world design and the puzzles work together very well in this. I, I am not yeah. put off by the difficulty. Yeah, I, I, I think they work together well as well. I think it might just be an issue of you know, uh, different limits for appetite Yeah, for it and how, you know, something with, with this, uh, games of this vintage, specifically puzzle games is like, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a DNA aspect. That's like the joy of getting stuck. Yeah. You know, you you read about, um, old adventure game culture or, um, you watch that text adventure documentary and people Mm -hmm. talk about like, Oh man, it's like the best feeling in the world to like be totally stuck and then take a couple days off the the game and then come back and see with fresh eyes. It just feels so good, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and for me, like chalk it up to whatever you want. Like it could be the fact that I'm playing this for work and I put in 110 hours in Divinity Original Sin 2 um, or whatever. And and I had less time to work on this than maybe I would. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I feel like even back in the day, I was never that, that kid. Yeah. You know, I I much prefer like the thimbleweed park approach of like, they're just being a hint line. Mm -hmm. If you want to take it, like keep me moving. Yeah. You know, I want to keep moving. You know, there's also, you know, an audience that is not us, you know, who are both probably on the, you know, further on the spectrum towards, preferring you know difficulty grit let's say uh you oh, know sure. me- mechanical kind of interest a lot you know one of the reasons why missed the original one sold so well you know was for people who were not us who's who wanted to have this pretty slideshow you know to move around right you know just here yeah. is here is 3d you know i have no idea what it means for something to be pre-rendered or not all i know is my computer is showing me something interesting and i want to go around and see how this stuff goes you know there's a whole audience of people who bought mist never got off of the initial mist island because they didn't figure out the uh the the clue tower or what have you and they were happy with it because it was a part of getting a new computer like it felt very futuristic and you know that is a market that is underserved by ribbon even though there is like more there is more kind of geography that you can get to in Riven uh, than in Mist uh, without solving puzzles, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. It just it, it is still locking you out of a good amount of stuff because of the intricate things that it is demanding of you, even just observationally, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and it's, it ends up being a, a weird kind of thing where like, there are also people for whom this is the audience for who like, this is this kind of puzzle fuck is nothing, mm-hmm. you know, no, I'm not saying you like, like you're, you know, this is an appropriate difficulty, but there yeah. are people for whom this is their, their all consuming purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking like specifically like, you know, our buddy riff. Yeah. Who it's not his all consuming yeah. purpose, but mm-hmm. like, the harder the better. No, like know, around is, this is, time they would have been playing like a fool's errand or a fool and his money. You know, something yes. like the, the the pure uncut shit, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, just and again turning it back to me because I'm I'm me and I talk about me a lot. Um I'm just like I'm not I'm neither of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy who wants to look around uh and just kind of be in the space. I'm also not the guy who wants, you know, puzzle fuck me harder, daddy hurt me more. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to keep moving at a steady pace. Yeah, through the game, and this this game interrupted that a little bit, where it ended up being like out of the 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 Riven likes we've done this year, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly many. Um, this ended up being my least favorite while still being good. Like yeah. I think I like the Outer Wilds, and I think I like Oberdin more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even and they're pretty similar. Yeah, um, Oberdin probably has the least in common with it. This probably has more in common with Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's ends up being like, but it also it came out in 97. Yeah. Like it, it, it walks <laughs> like so those could run. Like I don't yeah. hold that against it, but purely in a like playing in 2021 mm-hmm. expression of it. Like, which is a I kind of how, like those a little bit more. That's a part of how we evaluate these things too, you know? And yeah, yeah I, I think that like putting all of these together, like, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of cool stuff, um, in the, yeah. uh, you know, in, uh, in, in, in quick succession, but also, uh, it's a nice little history lesson too, you know, seeing how later yeah. indie stuff is informed, you know, by this initial, this initial masterwork, which is such a heavy lift from like a manpower perspective, right? And was yeah. writing its own rules, you know, in a time before this genre would just kind of go away because it was oversaturated by people who didn't do things as cannily as Cyan did. Yeah. And and it's not entirely cool stuff. Like I fucking loved mm-hmm. Oprah Dan. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, there there's a there there's a lot of Gary in this. It's just yeah. kind of like the uncut original version of it is a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Like I need some processing and some like melted American cheese on top. <laughs> we have another um, big puzzle game coming up that we yeah. haven't uh, announced yet that is very different than all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm really excited to go into that because it's kind of the polar opposite of this. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, excited. Yeah. And it's not Baba as you would somebody guessed. Somebody did guess um, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. It is closer, closer in the vein to outer wilds in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the production on this was a long and difficult process for the team. Uh, as we mentioned, it put a huge strain on the relationship between Rand and Robin Miller. Robin Miller kind of being the more creative, spacey one who, you know, would go off and do kind of the thankless task of, you know, of of doing the uh, art direction uh, for a lot of this, mm-hmm. like a lot of the detail work, whereas Rand was more uh, broad strokes and like production uh, logistics uh, kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, writing, things like that. Um, Robin Miller would depart from Cyan immediately after uh, the release of Riven. He would go off to do uh, mostly like film work, like indie film stuff. Yeah. Well, he did uh, the soundtrack as well, right? Yeah, he did the music for this. Yeah, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the larger team working on this kind of graphical and technical elements of the game uh, had to be shipped to work in Spokane, uh, Washington, mm-hmm. which is a big culture shock for the ones who are used to L.A. or San Francisco. Yeah. Um, you know, the Pacific Northwest, the place for old adventure games. Right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Spokane, Washington being like basically on, like that's what right on the border with uh, with Idaho. Like it's extremely rural, far eastern Washington. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, but yeah, that's where they had their studio set up and I believe that they're still out there today. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Riven was extremely well received and outsold expectations. It got a ton of awards, uh, and miss fans consider it to be the best in the series, which is, I mean, when you look at what came before, uh, with its relative simplicity compared to this being more Swiss watch like, and then what came after, which is, you know, there's there are things to like about Mist Three. Uh, 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 some Uru. everybody. It's it's hard to dispute that this is a high water mark given given what else is available in the series. Uh, like Mist Mist Four is something that only uh, something kind of maybe something only a mother could love. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By which I mean somebody who has been a fan of it for uh, forever. Mist Five is good. Um, but, uh, Uru is not good. Cyan has given their blessing to different fan, uh, fans to make a remake. Um, it's called the starry expanse project. And this is to do real Riven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who don't know what real mist is, instead of slideshows, you actually just walk around it. Yeah. So the whole thing is animated. Yeah. Um, so oh. after this with Robin's departure, Rand would go on and continue, uh, development, in the Mist series by working on Uru Ages Beyond Mist, which was Ooh-yah. a yeah, uh, which is a real uh kind of high concept, just like you know, there are people who say that the worst thing about Mist is that it ends. What do we give them this persistent uh online Mist experience where new ages were constantly coming out, uh, and mm-hmm. they could work uh with other people to solve these much harder puzzles. Uru uh failed. Uh, because it is not fun to play <laughs> and uh <laughs> they uh ended up kind of re- releasing all of the uh planned uh, o- online expansion content as just single player expansions um it's 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 not it's not great and ubisoft yeah. uh uh went and uh sh- shipped out the development for mist three and four uh to different studios yeah. uh they came back for Mist 5, End of Ages, mm-hmm. and then went back to uh, independent publishing, put out Abduction in 2016, mm-hmm. which I've not played, but by all accounts is very good. It is. Um, and then they're working on uh, Firmament, which is under development. Yeah, now. and I'm excited for that one, too. Cyan uh, does good work. So we're going to get into it um, here. Uh, it is a weird game to talk about on the show because uh, you kind of complete it in passes. Mm-hmm. You know, like you kind of check everything out and then you kind of slowly put things together. And people will put things together in different orders and come to different revelations. Yeah. Uh, in missed four orders. revelations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uru. You just missed. The, um, 
so the the first part will be kind of just talking about the islands, like checking out what's available, and then once we have the pieces, we'll talk about the puzzles and what happens um, yes. in the order that Cole did because he took notes. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's slightly different than mine, and I'll call out some differences when when we get to them mm -hmm. uh, if they're important. Yeah. But just know that this won't uh, necessarily be your path through the game. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, you know, if this game sounds fun to you, I think you should play it. Yes. Um, we're going to spoil these puzzles. Um, I think that if you're like an Outer Wilds kid, you're one of these people who like win nuts over that game. Mm -hmm. I think you'd find a lot to like here. Agreed. Um, in terms of its general structure. Yeah. Uh, so we open up on uh, the scene where we ended the original mist. Uh, we have Atris uh, scribbling furiously into a book that we're going to learn is the descriptive book for Riven. Uh, and he's talking to you. Uh, kind of elliptically about the, the 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 task that he has for you. He says, hey, here's this journal that has more information uh, that you will need. Uh, I can't really explain it to you because I'm too busy trying to hold this world together. Uh, but he gives mm -hmm. you the journal. Uh, he gives you the prison book to use on Gen. Uh, and he explains, you know, for reasons that you're going to discover, I cannot send you with the linking book back here to Denis. Yeah. Uh, we should say what a descriptive book is. Yes. Uh, just because that's some deep miss lore mm -hmm. uh the descriptive book is the one that you're writing that describes you know uh you write that there's a mountain and there there's a mountain mm -hmm. um linking books are able to have less detail yes uh in them and they, they just use they're like pamphlets that use the teleport almost mm -hmm. um the descriptive book though is the one that's doing the world so what he's literally doing is trying to repair this world in real time yeah by correcting mistakes and writing uh, uh yeah because we're gonna find out gen fucking sucks at doing this uh, yeah, he was well, he a, himself. <laughs> yeah, he did. yeah. Like, you know, I, he, he was. He was a, do. He was. A, he was a member of the guild for a while. Uh, he just uh, has very has a very lazy uh, approach to the way that he does things. He's a real uh, copy paste script kitty. Script kitty. Uh, yeah. He is leaning on the fact that he is, uh, you know, that he has Denis blood to uh, to uh, kind of paper over. Like, yes, I am making these correct decisions based on my assumptions about this culture that fell when I was five years old. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. No respect. I do not respect again. Atris no. is a much better is a much better writer. Atris is is weirdly saintly in these yes uh, these, these games. You, you are very much meant to respect Atris <laughs> uh, in this. Uh, it's a very very funny performance to me. Like it's good, <laughs> but it's also just very like uh, Obi Wan. Yes, very um, very Obi Wan esque, and you know they're big Star Wars fans, as you would be if you were a. If you're making computer games in the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so our goal is we had to trap Gan using this book. We had to find Catherine, uh, find, stop, stop finding my wife <laughs> and uh, signal Atris from within the world um, to come get, get you. And he hints, he's like, not only will I be able to come get you and bring you back here, I might be able to get you back to the world you came from. Yes. Um, and he sends you to Riven and unfortunately you emerge in a cage. Yeah. Uh, Gen has planned for this. Mm -hmm. Gen knows where uh, people will link in. Uh, and mm -hmm. he has kept this trap set up, you know, just in case anybody would come, uh, to, you know, even scope him out. He needs to make sure that, uh, he can capture you. So the cage closes on you and there is a, there's a guard. Uh, there's a man in a soldier's uniform who, uh, does not speak English, uh, he mm -hmm. has difficulty uh, communicating with you. Uh, the language that the, uh, that the natives speak is kind of a uh, pigeon. Um, it's like a pigeon Papua New Guinea uh, uh, mm -hmm. language uh, that they pull from this. But uh, he is asking you, he has been told to ask you for a linking book, linking book. And as you don't respond, he gets frustrated and then takes the prison book away from you. 
he's about to touch the panel inside of it that would uh, send him inside when a masked person uh, darts him. Uh, he falls over. Mm-hmm. They drag him off, and then the masked person opens the cell and jams the lever mechanism with a distinctly shaped dagger. Uh, there's actually yes. a huge statue of this dagger right here. Yeah, this is your first kind of, uh, you know, seeing the uh, these recurring image motifs. Yes. You know, um, there's a good chance that this dude thought you were Atrus. Yeah. As well. You know, like that would make sense for him mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the planning. Like nobody expected this rando. Yeah. <laughs> I expected Rand, not Rando. Um, the, uh, so uh, you read that, you want to read that journal uh, that you just got just to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that Gen wrote uh, the linking book for Riven, uh, which is the fifth age, um, thinking, which is where we're at, mm-hmm. uh, thinking it's going to be his masterwork, but he's shit. Yeah. Um, so his worlds are unstable. Um, and this is really awesome. This is down to like things not making sense in the geometry. Mm-hmm. You know, things like, uh, you know, just Dark Souls 2, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Um, not Lordran, but... Drain Lake? Uh, Drain Lake is, like, almost like an unstable linking book. Mm-hmm. You know, what with the uh, elevator yes. thing. Like, mistakes like that are things that happen, you know, you write into the thing and it makes them fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like, the center cannot hold. Right. You know, and, we're, you know, we're going to learn this particular detail later. Riven used to be one island. Um, but mm-hmm. just the fundamental tectonic un- instability ca- has caused it to start like drifting apart while also like there's really nothing beneath the world. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. all volcanic activity and link, you know, just areas of void, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. again is going to start use, uh, using to power his, uh, his machines. So like there is just a fundamental instability that is in this. And that's why Atris is writing furiously in this book. He knows his wife is trapped here. Uh, his, his, my, his uh, shitty adult sons trapped his, trapped his mm-hmm. wife there. Um, and mm-hmm. he's trying to make sure it doesn't come apart uh, while, while she's still on it. Cause he wants her to live. Yeah weirdo yeah um what an exhausting job that would be just like <laughs> yeah. writing these corrections into the the world oh man so um, uh so they uh 33 years ago they determined that gun was too dangerous uh so they hatched this plan to maroon him on this world no um and they uh they left him uh with the only linking book and they jumped out into this anomaly called the starfisher uh, that linked to mist and the book fell to our world through the starfisher. And that's where, how we got to mist. Yes. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, Catherine was, uh, captured here after the, after the sons, after Cirrus and Akronar tricked her into using the book. Uh, and she was, uh, kind of immediately, uh, immediately captured, um, upon this, at least that's what we're to believe right now. Uh, but now that Atris has a helper, uh, we can mount the rescue. He can continue stabilizing the world while, I or you or the stranger goes in and actually navigates the world that he is keeping together to get Catherine out, you know, and everything Mm -hmm. goes well, we can not only trap Gan and rescue Catherine, but rescue the other, uh, Ribbonese. We can get them off of the age to someplace else so that they do not have to die. Catherine is very invested in this. We're going to learn this later, or you would have learned this if you read the book ahead of time. Catherine is from Ribbon. Uh, her yes. her uh, name is Catron. We call her Catherine because that's just what Atris, you know, called her because he didn't understand the language. Yeah, he renamed her. Yeah, it's like a Final Fantasy party member. <laughs> um, we can't uh, he, we can't visually signal 
Atrus and Mordun because the view panel uh, is defective here. But he has instruments that measure the fundamental qualities of the world. So we have to co- uh, cause a large disturbance mm-hmm. in the world. And he believes that Starfisher is the key. Um, we will learn that is the uh, gigantic void that's under the ground uh, yes. right below us right now. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, in mist tradition, uh, the <laughs> ending is right at the beginning. I love it. Yeah. This strange cone-like mechanism that when you look through it, it doesn't <laughs> see anything. It's very mysterious. Uh, later on, we're going to learn that this is the Starfisher viewer. Gen had initially thought that this was a way out, a, a way off of the uh, uh, the, the island. Uh, but as he, uh, you know, found no results, he sealed it up. Uh, there's a vault over the entrance here that has a five button combination that I believe is randomized every playthrough. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's kind of cool is that this uh, this five button combination, even though it's randomized every playthrough, you can save your game here. Go get the the combination, then reload your game. Uh huh. Um, and put it in, and there is an ending for if you just decide to like, you know, pull pull the plug on the world immediately. Yeah. Like, Fuck this shit. And it's kind of a good ending for you because you just get sucked home. Yeah, you just go home <laughs> later, butters. Yeah, I, I am I am way into relating to like let these fucking weirdos deal with their family drama without me. You know, like I did. I didn't want to come here in the first place. It's been a really long time since I've eaten anything that wasn't like, you know, uh, that I can identify. I'm yeah. out. You know, I want to go home and read comics in bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the go. So the idea that they allowed for that is very funny to me. M- miss if they did it in a makeshift way. Miss takes place like in the late 18th century, so you would not go home and read comic books. So I would go home and invent them. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, there are a number of endings that you can get. I do love that there is just a late. There's just a later boners. Uh, ending that you that you mm-hmm. can do here the the the, the alternate endings this are so funny <laughs> you boom, like they're, they're, you they're absolute just like really really good yeah <laughs> i'm just like fuck you atris uh, uh the the main uh, kind of feature on the island that we're our eyeline is directed towards is this uh dome yeah this big dome structure and uh we had to head up these stairs to get in there the only available room uh is this room that rotates when you press a button on the door yes um, there are multiple exits. I believe there are five of them. Uh, five is a recurring mm-hmm. number in this, uh, because of Gen's obsessive nature. Uh, he believes five is sacred to the Denis. It is not. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are only two exits available at any given time. Uh, so you press a button to rotate to the inner part, uh, uh, the inner doors there, and you can look through peepholes to kind of see, uh, what, uh, uh, what the orientation is and how many more times you need to press the button. Uh, the mm-hmm. inside of the room is really interesting, although it uh, is mostly oblique clues. Uh, there are these pillars that have ornamental beetles on the uh, 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 like clinging to them. When you pull mm-hmm. the string, it spreads their wings and actually opens up this little viewer. You can look in and see this um, hagiographic stained glass art uh, showing Gen's abilities. And this is like really classic you know, religious art, like showing him sitting down and writing worlds, uh, showing the battle between good and evil with him as the angelic figure and Atris as the betrayer, things like that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and clear cutting for us to make books. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, which we're, we're going to find that area later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, this is interesting. Um, there's writing on the walls, uh, as well here, but you can't read it unless you use the soundtrack liner notes mm-hmm. to translate it. 
Yes. And it's basically like, Gen is good, Gen is great. Let's mm-hmm. eat this food that's on our plate. Yes. Like, yeah. For most of it. But he is. you do learn that he is forcing the Rivenese people to make ink, produce these books, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and he he knows, uh, he's convinced himself that he's created Riven and these people. Like, he sees himself as a god because he thinks they did not exist until he made them. That is the philosophical split yes. uh, with the Denis. Like, some people think you're discovering worlds by mm-hmm. writing about them. Some think you are uh, creating them. Right. And thus, you have dominion over them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, from the main door that you initially walk in, there is no possible rotation that gives you an exit out. Uh, both of them are barred. Uh, you have to go and do something that's a little bit bullshit, <laughs> uh, which mm-hmm. is to go down a level. There's a crude door that appears to be locked with a padlock. So you think, okay, I'm going to need to get to, like get a key or like a combination or something. No, you just have to click on the bottom of the door and realize you can crawl under it, which is like, haha, dummy. Yes, this is a physical world. You know, here's your understanding, understanding that doors act like they visually would. But also that's never been the case anywhere else in games like this. So, yeah, yeah. It, it barely looks like there's enough room to clear it as well. Right, right. Like, I, I would have had to look this up if you hadn't, like, messaged me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do not, you know, not not a big fan of this puzzle. No. Um, but this gets you to the other entrance to the rotating room. Right. Once you go under. And one of the possible exits from the key, uh, from the back gets you to a cave where you can reroute steam. Um, we find this little steam rerouting thing to power the starfisher viewer that little telescope in the beginning mm-hmm. um and there's a switch here that'll open uh, one of the cages that blocked an exit from the first position in the dome yes um so you uh you basically fuck around with this until you get into the large golden dome itself right uh but you're inside you're on a catwalk around the uh, around the outer rim uh, there's a plate here with five Tetris-like symbols that are arranged radially. Each of these symbols uh, represents an island, we're going to learn. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is kind of a way that it's saying, like, this is the central power structure. Like, this was built over one of the biggest fissures so that they could harness the steam to send it out to power other islands. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the puzzles, at least, uh, that you will perform to get to places, to reach places, involve routing the steam in order to activate, like, elevators and doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Again, underlining how the worlds of Mist are some of the least convenient video game worlds. <laughs> yeah, uh, existed where you have to walk several blocks to, you know, it's it's like if your house, like you know, you know those houses where you can't run the dishwasher and the microwave at the same time. Oh yeah, like the house I used it's to like live that, in. It's like that, but yeah. a world. <laughs> yeah, but like that for the entire world. Uh huh. Like I can't, the we can't get into the Target while the the Lowe's is open. <laughs> you know, so we have to go to a third location to flip a switch. Yeah. We need to get the bus to to send all the clerks over and they have to change uniforms. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) um, Just incredibly inconvenient. Steam thing. Yep. Uh, It's just like the uh, the police station in Resident Evil 2 or the mansion in Resident Evil 1. It is designed this way because of paranoia is the uh, is the justification they give. So the walkway that we have here leads outside. Um, We can flip these levers to power up this drawbridge uh, that is elsewhere. These different drawbridges. Mm hmm. Um, and there's also a trap door here that we can't activate. Uh, there's a button, you know, it doesn't do anything now. Um, when we go back to the rotating room, there's a lever that turns the bridge back to this ramp extending from the rotating room to the upper level of the dome. Yeah. Um, so uh, we can leave and head to this other part of the island. Yes. Uh, so we can head over over there to see a little bit of what uh, Gan is up to. I fucking love the set piece. 
So as mm-hmm. you go as you go through this small um uh through the small little hallway, uh there's a chamber off to the left which we're eventually going to need to go to. But at the end of it, uh there's like a small little uh hidden door that opens a panel uh in this kind of grand cathedral. Uh there's no way out mm-hmm. of it. Uh and up toward the front there's like a massive um circular cage uh kind of thing. Uh, and off mm-hmm. to either side, there are large statues of what appear to be these really mean, like carnivorous fish. And there are wasted offerings in front of these fish. You can go up and look and see if there's like rotten fruit and stuff. Um, back in the hallway in the hidden little area, it's like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing because there's a chair that has a spherical cage that kind of looks like the big one up here. Uh, and there's a microphone uh, in front of you when you close the cage in front of you. Gen would sit here and this would send a um, holographic larger than life image of him out to the temple and he would like give his degrees to the people um, mm-hmm. from back here. Um, and you could, uh, use these little viewports on the side, uh, not only to look into, um, this actual building and control the, uh, the, the, the door in, into and out of the temple, but also to other places on the island, like to actually see if anybody's coming up the, um, up the maglev. Yeah. Yeah. And any of Gen's chairs are cool. Yes. Like, see, you know, figuring out the purpose of Gen's many, uh, flamboyant chairs <laughs> yep. is is cool in this game all that stuff is neat um the door you open here will lead to the maglev space station which will take us to another island mm-hmm. um we get a little roller coaster ride yep uh, on the way this one's real wild uh, there are two <laughs> wild ones and a couple mild ones yep um this is one of the wild ones mm-hmm. um and uh we end up uh right near here uh where there is an eye orb on the wall near the station um, if you touch it, it rolls back and plays a sound and reveals a Den- Denise symbol mm-hmm. um, here. So we, you know, obviously write this down and you also want to write down the sound, which yes. again, how do you do it? <laughs> chirp, chirp, something like that. Yes. Uh, we're going to hear this sound elsewhere. Also, if you go up the stairway into the cave mouth and look back, you will see what appears to be a silhouette of a frog with the eye where mm-hmm. the eye would be on a frog. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I just I the, thought... the reveal of these frogs is very funny to me. <laughs> I love I, the role I, I that find, they serve. <laughs> I find uh, one of the things about uh, these games in terms of tone is that like they're so like humorless. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're really serious games. Yes. Until you find out that Gen smokes frogs, <laughs> uh, and then I was like, okay, <laughs> like, a little 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 bright little bit of bright light in the middle yeah. of this. Like that's pretty funny. <laughs> like, like finding his little like stash catcher. Yeah. That he has. <laughs> stuff yeah like, <laughs> just sque- squeezing frogs into his pipe yeah <laughs> just like i think that's very funny yeah um yeah you're there for 30 years like you're fucking yeah. bored man yeah you I'd, got... I'd smoke everything on this island no you gotta get out of your smoke. head yeah yeah <laughs> so for sure oh man uh but this cave the, the the stairway that you're on uh leads up deeper into the island this is the biggest island uh this is where mm-hmm. uh, people actually live and you can hear birds, uh, which is something like you never really heard birds in the uh, mist one. So like, yes, this is mm-hmm. more um, this is a, this is a little bit more lived in, a little bit more natural. Right. There's a button where you can summon the maglev car. And there's a there's an option. You can either go up upstairs or you can go downstairs. Uh, if you go down, you get down to some more animal clues. Uh, you find this tide pool where these two uh, strange uh, sea creatures like large seals with long beaks uh, are sunning themselves 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I find this puzzle a little annoying. You have to approach them slowly or they won't make their sound. Yes. Um, if you if you approach them too quickly, they don't make the, the clue mm-hmm. that you need. Uh, this was something I had to UHS yeah. my way through because I was like, I'm just so not used to things caring about you. Yeah. In these games, you know? It feels similar um, to the door, it, uh, actually. Like, yes. It keeping track of yeah. the rate at which you're proceeding is not something you've ever had to think about before. But it also, it was weird to me that they would be silent if I startled them. Right. You know, as opposed to, like, getting there quicker to make them make the noise. Like, I, mm-hmm. I understand why they would react differently, but both times it seemed like they would make a make yeah. their weird grunt, you know? Yep. <clears throat> yeah. But you need to approach slowly to get them to make the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sunning themselves on a uh, rock that looks very similar to the uh, um, the shark, the whale shark thing that internally they call the warks. Um, and there's yes. another eye, there's an eye, uh, orb here with its own number. And also it plays a sound that sounds like a, uh, um, a, uh, submarine decompressing. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the end of that path, uh, there's an empty stone pool that has an orb in it. Um, it makes a humming kind of bug wing sound and it has a small crescent sliver at the left side of the box. Mm-hmm. If you press a button, this pool fills with water. Uh, and it looks like the beetle that we saw earlier. Yeah. So this button is beetle and that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the path here is a ladder leading down into a hole in the water. Uh, we're going to need to lower the thing that gets into the water. Uh, the water behaves anomalously. Like we've seen mm-hmm. the just like uh, there shouldn't be this funnel, you know, leading down. Why is my maglev able to go through this tunnel? Uh, it's because there's a bacteria in the water that is um, uh, thermophobic. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it will, uh, actually carry water with it, uh, if it's heated up, that's never used for a yes. puzzle, but it's just a very good, uh, explanation for why you have these surreal water formations. Yeah. They look like uh, sinkholes. Like we've seen like sinkholes open yeah, in the water, yeah. like, you know, and just like, looks like water's pouring into an empty space mm-hmm. uh, they look like that. Yeah. Well, if you overflow outlet at a dam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you head up, uh, from here. Uh, there's a junction that leads to this like winding branching path in a clear cut section of jungle. Um, you know, again, clear cutting a good sign of like things aren't great. Yeah. And uh, a minecart here will take us to the book assembly island. Mm-hmm. Um, going through this gravity tunnel that winds through the water. Uh, the water is held in place with these red glowing heat rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't need to go here just yet. Right. Um, we need to stay here on this island, which is the only island the villagers get to live on. Right. Uh, really. All of the others are for Gen's purposes. Yeah, but yeah, we can go through a door. Uh, this is where we can see a beetle and hear its uh, hum as it flies. We can go down into the jungle and we see another huge dagger uh, sticking into uh, some woods off of the path. There's another uh, there's another orb down here that makes the oinking sound that the uh, sea creatures made um, mm-hmm. and it has its own numeral. So again, drawing these connections. And at the very end of this, there is a what appears to be a large wooden idol of the wark of the angry fish that the, uh, that they have been forced to worship. Yes. Uh, and this is meant to be scary. Yes. You know, this is foreboding on purpose because they're mm-hmm. hiding important stuff here. Yeah. Um, another branch takes you to this elevated walkway, uh, where we get spotted. Somebody in a guard tower, uh, spots you activates a siren and everybody clams up. Yes. Um, you know, everybody goes into their, their houses. So when you go beyond this tower, you go to the village, um, all the villagers are running to hide. They're taking their children from play, uh, basically trying to keep them safe from you. Right. 
uh, because they don't know uh, who <laughs> the last time an outsider came, it was bad news for them. Was, so, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, I love this village. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that it is built into the side of the crater here. Uh, the fact that there is an actual living space for people when that was conspicuously missing uh, in the original mist. Love this visually. Yeah. This uh, this island has better ecology. Yes. Than, than mist ever did. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that you can really see that's a value of this game. Yes. Uh, but you can go up into the village and look down on the water and see these strange holes. There's a track that goes uh, beneath and around the lake. And you have to go up into the village to lower the uh, the train car submarine into place. Uh, and as you are going around, you can like hear babies crying inside the houses. Like all of them are having their own finale of mash as you do your yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of like near when you go to the yeah. village and everybody hides from you. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so to get to the submarine, we have to return to the far path uh, that is beyond this tide pool, find this ladder that goes in the water the sum- where the submarine is docked. And uh, the track around the lake has these multiple branches and nodes, um, but we can only go up where ladders are descended. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can go up to a control tower where we can descend them all. Yes. Um, really, really key uh, to, to discovering uh, kind of the metal puzzle of this is finding a schoolhouse. Um, again, big outer wilds energy yes. to this. Like, find the place where the people in the world are being taught to learn. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to get all of this very important stuff. And it's the, the way that, mm-hmm. they te- that they teach you this stuff is so elegant. Um, yeah. I love it's it. Good. <laughs> so you go into the schoolhouse. The main fixture is this, again, hologram cage. You can crank it, and uh, Gen is speaking for the students in Denis. This is the first time that we've seen him. You know, we're guessing that it's mm-hmm. him. You know, old man. You know, Atris himself, yeah, his dad would be about that age. So this is Gen, and he is indoctrinating these kids. Um, And at the back of the classroom, there's like this little mechanism. It's this almost hangman-like game. Uh, It's like a game of chance where uh, to learn the Denis numbering system, uh, you send this little bracket back and forth, um, and it rolls up a random number. It uh, shows you the symbol, and then there are two humanoid figures that um, are hanging, dangling from above, that drop down uh, a number of notches uh, that is delineated or enumerated by the symbol. So if it's the symbol for three, it'll go down three notches. I believe when it hits ten, uh, they will be snapped up by the wark at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's like a little hangman game kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there'd be, there'd be some, like some verbal component, mm-hmm. uh, determining how far you went down, um, in this. Like, th- I think this is really elegant and cool as well. Yeah. And it's um, also demonstrating you know, for the kids what happens when you do something bad. Like this is yeah. a game, you know, much like hangman, like, ah, oh, yes, the, per this person, why is this person hanging? Oh, cause they did something bad. Ha ha. Let's make this a part of the game. No, this, this is a very grim thing that is being taught to these kids which is sacrifice it's execution <laughs> yeah yeah uh, very specifically sa- execution yes not uh sacrifice at first i thought it was sacrifice um and i was like oh they worship these things and then you get to the where like gen can say yes or no and like yeah. give a thumbs up or thumbs down mm-hmm. uh basically uh a tiny nitpick i have about this which we're gonna find pretty soon uh, mm-hmm. i wish the works were cooler and scarier <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, very much. They're so dorky <laughs> yeah. and they're meant to be scary and they're not scary at all. They're just they're just whales. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, whales with t- tusks. And I yeah. just, I'm like, this game really wants me to think this is scary and I fucking can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are these people scared of this thing? <laughs> it looks so sweet. I want to pet it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big old doggo. Like you, you can, you, you meet one later. Mm-hmm. And just gets annoyed at you. At one point, it literally goes and turns away from you. It's like a sea marge. Like, it's, like, it's a sea marge. And then it just scoots away. Oh, like, I love it. Uh, it's also called a work, which we'll learn is a portmanteau of a whale and a shark. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. Second draft, guys. I, disappointed in the work don't just use the same just don't don't use your first idea guys please yeah i beg of you dudes oh man uh but this is great i i I love uh i I love the the puzzle aspect of it like i love this as a a method of learning this was Mm -hmm. super cool yeah uh there's also writing on the chalkboards uh the 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 rules of gen gen is our master gen created us gen defeated atris (laughs) yes him defeating atris is one of the rules yep um, we're going to find the the real-life equivalent of this children's game, mm-hmm. this uh, conical structure made of golden bars, which is their gallows, where he would dip people yeah. uh, to get eaten by the works. Um, you can hear the works down there, which, again, sounds kind of scary, but then mm-hmm. later they're goofballs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't do anything with this because the uh, floor is not extended. So, you, like, you can lower the seat that people would need to sit on, uh, but you cannot get mm-hmm. to it because uh, it is uh, an open pit with water out in the middle. Mm-hmm. There might be works in there. Uh, so we're going to take that other path uh, to go to the Book Assembly Island. Right. That we saw from before. Yeah. We're going to go on this wild ride that uh, di- that dispenses us fortuitously uh, into a wood chipper that is not turned on at the moment. This was not for people. <laughs> this was funny. for logs. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, how funny it would be if you just got sent to the wood chipper. Um, Game over. You died. Oh shit. Guess who's yeah. back. Um, there's a circular brick building uh, here with this burner under it. This is some kind of water boiler. Um, we can't get inside there because the door says it's too hot. It's a safety mechanism. Mm-hmm. And this is where they're making paper. Um, yeah. The water boilers to make paper. Uh, we saw this in those uh, those holy pictures. Yes. We saw it before. Um, we can reroute the gas lines from the center of the lake. And make the uh, controls on the side operable so we can turn off the burner, mm-hmm. uh, drain the water, and uh, get inside. Yes. Uh, and you can get inside and actually go down the drain pipe and follow it to where it goes um, out and it dispenses over the edge of the uh, over the edge of the crater. Uh, this, you know, it's a big mm-hmm. uh, crater lake that we're in. Uh, and you can like, like walk. Caldera. Yeah. And you can walk back over the rim and through this, um, uh, along this pathway to a set of doors, uh, that you couldn't get to before. You can actually kick down a ladder here so that you don't have to mm-hmm. go through the burner again. Um, yeah. but there are a couple of shortcuts like that. I, I really wanted, uh, a couple more of those kind of things Same. Yeah. Uh, in this, um, but it's cool. You know, whenever they show up, I'm, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. inside this double doors, uh, is where, uh, where we catch drugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the the the, the snatch bait. Mm-hmm. Um, we head inside these doors, and there's like a little cage uh, with bait in it. We can put that in it, lower this cage, and then it comes when it snaps. We pull it back up. There's a tiny little orange frog in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it chirps. We've heard this chirp before, and it hops away before it can be smoked like its brothers. <laughs> yep. Um, before it can be harvested. Yeah, uh, but these are just frogs that live down into uh, d- down in the tunnels. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I, I love, like, let's go frog fishing, guys. Yeah, got it, got to renew. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> uh, I think this is clever, but I could also see it being frustrating. Uh, there's no, obviously, uh, apparent way forward. Like, you can go back out into the crater, like, get back to the jungle. The way forward actually involves understanding that uh, when you open to the, 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 the doors, they could have potentially blocked something else while they were open. So you have to mm-hmm. walk through, turn around, close the doors, and then you have two two other walkways uh, that, that that you can go down. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, this is fine. Yeah. the the uh, The thing where later where you have to do the you turn around mm-hmm. in the um the the maglev. Yep. To get to the other side, like that felt artificial. Like, why would you just mm-hmm. build one door in this? You it's know, a weird station. This feels yeah. a little artificially too mm-hmm. to me, but it's it's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the left passage, uh, goes downstairs to another dome, rotating dome. Uh, and there's a hole in the wall revealing a lens, uh, that, uh, we can get to by closing the door and going through this hidden passageway. And, uh, looking into this, like kind of kinetoscope, we see this eye being animated here and a golden symbol, uh, with a, a circle with a vertical line through it. Yeah. Um, we're going to later learn this is a number. That's color. Um, what was that? It's color. Oh yeah, color. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we're learning the color of this uh, this number mm-hmm. here. Yes. Uh, so can't do anything with this right now, but obviously making a note of okay, this is the silence dome, and this is the symbol that is associated with it. Uh, the other path uh, through the right door back up in the in the, in the frog trapping zone uh, mm-hmm. will uh, take you outside. Um, yeah. And there's like a little lever where you can uh, uh, just flip it and you hear some humming stop. Uh, and there's like a little building up ahead. The doors are locked. However, if you go back down to the frog trap, that lever that you hit uh, stopped a fan that's above the frog trap. And you can climb through the vents to get inside of this foreboding building. I hate being in here because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm going to get caught. Uh, this is Gen's yeah. workshop. Yeah, slowly filling up with frog fumes. <laughs> now there's no ventilation. Yeah. Um, that feeling of getting caught is really great mm-hmm. uh, in this, even though, like, the the nature of the way, you know, there aren't people walking around like Maniac Mansion. Yeah. Like, anywhere you're going to get caught, it's going to be because you teleport into a cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this does have that feeling yeah. uh, really well. Um, in the middle of this, there's a furnace with an inactive linking book inside um, that is uh, has been scorched. Yes. Here. Gen is writing. Yeah, he's making worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, on the desk, there's bookbinding equipment. Um, the, originally, there was going to be um, a way to do this just for fun, mm-hmm. but people just thought it was a puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kept trying to make books. Um, <laughs> so they, they ended up cutting it as an interactive element. Yeah. Um, there is uh, this globe of water. And when you activate the burner, um, it acts, you know, it moves away from the burner. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the water gets bigger. So we're kind of seeing some clues about how the water works with heat, mm-hmm. which is not u- really used for a puzzle in an interesting way. It's just a world right. detail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second desk is uh, his little vape stand. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where he's got all of the equipment for distilling the smokable extract, extract from the island's frogs, the E-Tram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, frog vaping yep. and then the desk uh, right under the ventilation shaft has his journals uh, which we need to read and get hints yes uh, off to the left of the desk there is a journal that sits open alongside one of the eye orbs uh, that we've seen mm-hmm. you know embedded in the rock elsewhere uh, because it's not embedded it won't make a noise but it does have uh, the, the Denis numeral for one on it uh, we mm-hmm. now know this 
uh, the note uh, in the open journal says, oh, we confiscated this off of a floating object in the bay uh, that is visible from some of my surveying equipment. We're going to get to where this is visible later on. Uh, but yeah. uh, this is, you know, we have the five options. This is one of the ones that is divorced from its context that we need to put together later. Yeah. Uh, so we want to read his journal here. Um, and we learn some stuff that we already knew, but we get some things confirmed and get some additional context. Right. Um, he's attempting to write these linking books, but he doesn't have the proper materials. So he's had to kind of do it from scratch, reinventing the wheel, the wheel mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, he, he's observing the starfisher uh, there. He's been observing that and it implies that there's a breathable atmosphere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, we don't die when we get sucked into the starfisher. Nope. Starfisher takes you to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and by capping off the starfisher, um, he's discovered that he can use similar anomalies to that to steam power his mechanisms, right. uh, cause his books are janky. He needs to power them, uh, like he's the steampunk version. Yeah. 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 It's basically, you know, the, the Zyborn clock <laughs> version of linking books. There are four, <laughs> there are four linking books on a four, cliff. Well, there are actually five linking books. Okay. Yes. Pay attention. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, on the, there are five orbs. Yeah. If one of them falls down and makes a cacao noise. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is the first mention of the Ahmad. Uh, so mm-hmm. after Denis fell, uh, again, was taken to uh, taken to this place called the Cleft, where Anna grew up, Anna's mother, uh, and grew up there. And eventually, when he got old enough, he went and lived with the people in the desert, these Ahmad people. Um, and this is where he met Atris's mother, Keita. Uh, but these Ahmad, they had, um, uh, a kind of technology, uh, that, uh, allowed the projection of holographic images. So that's what we are seeing when we have that, uh, those, uh, round cages that we've seen in the schoolroom or in the, uh, or in the, uh, temple, yeah, uh, that you can go to. Yeah, the temple. yeah, yeah. Uh, so he used the Amon technology, uh, what he remembered of it to create these viewers and discovered that, um, you know, alongside this, it is possible to stabilize bad linking books by kind of using this, you know, weird Faraday cage technology, steam and these fire marbles, uh, to create a power source, uh, fire marbles being what it sounds like little marbles that have, uh, that are an energy source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ultimate slammers, um, <laughs> He has a superstitious fixation on the number five. Um, he thinks this is a secret to the Denis. Um, it turns out that's that's not true. Mm-hmm. He also believes that he's creating worlds rather than discovering them. Yeah. So he's he's got a lot of uh, misconceptions. Yes. Um, the eye symbols that we've been seeing, uh, as we kind of said, on these kinetoscopes, uh, on the rotating domes, uh, these are Denis color notation. Um, Mm -hmm. there are six of them, but Gen is trying to hammer them down to five, similar to Isaac Newton, who was like seven is a sacred number. So there has to be seven colors in the rainbow. God damn it. Indigo. I'm going to make indigo happen. (laughs) Yeah. We're trying to make indigo happen. Yeah. Um, but he's written down all six symbols, but they are not, uh, correlated to anything. Uh, the code for that is later on. Yeah. And he succeeded in making, um, a stable link to a new world. To give his, you know, so he's he's on his way out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he calls it uh, by a number. He always calls these things numbers. Um, and it is uh, the 233rd age. Yeah. Um, there's a symbol for it that looks like a 9 and an 8 jammed together. Yeah. Um, and this um, is where you can deduce, okay, so Denis, they count in base 25. You know, they've got the five different numerals. Uh, 
Yeah, they've got the or no, they've got the four different numerals. It rotates once clockwise to uh, to multiply uh, to to add five to it. Uh, the fact that you have these two symbols, you know, one nine and one eight, means that you have nine sets. It's twenty five plus eight is a remainder, so you get the two hundred and thirty third age. I felt like a fucking genius when I figured that out when I was fifteen, Gary. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get that from this. I got that uh, later. Uh, the symbol thing. I actually went through the whole game without really understanding why he called it the two hundred thirty third age. Hmm um later you know i i wrote out the numbers and figured out the relation between them through just like doing notes yeah the rotation you know the way they exactly yeah uh the the similarities between them Mm -hmm. yeah this this is uh i think i like this puzzle Mm -hmm. i like figuring out uh the numbers i was very scared this was going to be a language learning like la mulana thing yeah uh, yeah which you know just just more complicated than i want to do um there's there's different kinds of like it's very interesting uh we spend a lot of time on this network to some people's chagrin, I think talking about what defines a puzzle Yeah, and there are so many different types of puzzle. Yeah. You know, which is like something that we're learning. Uh, it's it's a year. very inelegant and imprecise word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's horrible in terms of gamer terminology mm-hmm. because this is closer. Like learning a numbering system is a puzzle, but it's also just another numbering system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's also just another way we could do numbers now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's the, weird in terms of it being a puddle puzzle. It's an you know, exercise. Like no, it's an exercise that we did like in computer science classes. You know, in order to yeah. learn the difference between base ten and base two, or base sixteen, like for hexadecimal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just yeah, it's it, it's interesting. It's like there's no element of riddle to it. Um, something I think a lot about with with puzzles and my own like predilection for them is that uh, I do best with puzzles and games when there is meaning mm-hmm. attached as opposed to uh, math or like cipher. Yeah. You know, so like something that is, um, you know, can basically be a notation like mm-hmm. a Stephen sausage roll, which is a number of turns and degrees and rotations um, is or something like Scrabble which is about spelling is more difficult for me than something like a, you know, a thimbleweed park, which tends to be about the meaning of the, yeah. the objects or a, uh, a password it's you know, a, or taboo. It's like a, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a difference between like syntactical and semantic puzzling almost yes. like this is syntactical. This is mapping meaning from different symbols onto concepts that we need to understand. So like, I mean, the puzzle that we get here, uh, you know, as we talk about this is, all right, we know how to count from one to five or from one to ten in 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 Denis, right? Um, here we have numbers that go up to 25, and we don't realize that yet because we've seen, you know, the, like we see here in these, you know, in, the, in this diagram, uh, symbols that we've never seen before. You need to make the leap to figure out that the rotation is meaningful, um, and then figure yeah. it, you know, figure out because, you know, this is going to help us like, uh, enter a password later on that is, um, semantic, right. Whereas syntactical, like as, as to the thimbleweed park kind of stuff and the, the, the kind of puzzles that you find most, you know, most engaging kind of plays with the meaning and relationship between things as opposed to there's more context. Yeah. To yeah. Like there, there's less like elemental, you know, math is the only thing that I can think of for it, where it's like, you know, the same way that like, you know, five simply is yes you know there, there's no there's no context mm-hmm. for that it just is um you know the the these puzzles kind of play in that and like one of the reasons why and and like a lot of these puzzles mm-hmm. do, the, the major puzzles in this game feel like 
they are related to that. Yeah. You know, and this part of the reason why, you know, again, like I like this game, I am mildly cooler on it than the other big adventure games we've done or big mm-hmm. puzzle games we've done is because I felt like the outer wilds does a better job of engaging with multiple versions, like a wider spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Of that kind of thing. Like there are elements that are that kind of, uh, semantic, um, or not sem- semantic, uh, syntactic, mm-hmm. uh, syn- you know, uh, version of this, but there are also several of them that are kind of like semiotic. Yeah. Or, you know, about, and, and it just, it, it's just a, a quirk of how my brain works. Yeah. You know, not yeah. one isn't better than the other, but it's just like the reason why I like, you know, uh, you know, adventure, classic adventure games more than I like doing cryptic crosswords, mm-hmm. you know, or doing uh, Sudoku. Yeah. You know, I, I like this. Like I like this because I think that I've got a little bit more of an appetite for the uh, semantic uh, puzzle than you do. I feel like this is really well mixed together. Because a lot of this is, you know, you know, adjacent to and mixed in with mixed in with the contextual storytelling, the uh, deductive storytelling the, or inductive storytelling that happens here. Yeah, well, the, the, what's interesting is that the inductive like storytelling that you do ends up being not very necessary for progress. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's really satisfying to learn what Gen is doing. Yeah. Here, like finding that children's game and saying like, oh, this is a method of indoctrination. Yeah. Um, that tells us a lot about his character and stuff. That's compelling as hell. Mm-hmm. But also that could just be a wireframe that teaches you numbers. Yeah. You know, the, the context is important because it's additive and it's really cool. It doesn't teach you anything additionally that you use to progress the plot or progress the game, really. I feel I feel like the sense. I feel like the game is is is, is a, explicitly a good fusion of those. I feel like it does teach you the plot. It teaches you, you know, the way that Gen is, you know, getting at the people young, you know, trying to indoctrinate no, it, them. No, it, oh, what's up? I, I I'm kind of misspeaking. Like it, it definitely does that, but you don't need that information to complete the game. Right, right. If that if that makes sense, like your your mm-hmm. obstacles, the things that stop you from moving forward in this, do not rely on that understanding. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's integrated because you're being told a story at the same time you're doing these wireframe puzzles and they mm-hmm. tell you them at the same time in ways that are elegantly connected. But it's not necessary for you to have both of them yeah. in a way that like I feel like, you know, uh, it, you know I, I'm not trying to damn anything by comparison because, again, 1997, but I just feel like Outer Wilds like did a little bit more elegantly mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of having both. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a subtle distinction I'm trying to make here, but mm-hmm. it's like, I, I wanted to be rewarded by, for figuring out that Gen was, uh, I wanted more than an intrinsic reward for figuring out that Gen was indoctrinating children. Yes. Like that felt like a cool aha moment and it felt good and it told me more of the context, but it didn't get me past the door. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's it's, it's not it's not a complete dovetail join between between those two things that it is trying to convey to you. Yeah, you know, like and, just and a, one of those I just find more interesting than the yeah. other. You're getting two pieces of information, one of which is an input, uh, you know, uh, one of which is an input to help you make progress. The other one is, you know, a softer distinction that is rewarding because it is pleasing to consume. You know, the story about how this tyrant is exercising his rule over these people. And arguably you could say it is helping you make a decision about what to do with Gen, whether or not you believe him, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that he's, you know, using these executions to teach kids, you know, numbers, not just numbers, they, they, 
obviously they were a society before he came here, but his own numbers, right? Like yeah. that is really damning evidence in its own against him. You know, he has, he's got to go, <laughs> right? Because, yeah, of the way, yeah. because of the way he is using these people, you know, and that ties to, you know, how, you know, it, it is not necessarily um, understated, let's say, how evil he is and how good Catherine is. So it is kind of, you know, linked to another shortcoming um, in the story, which is it's never a question, um, you know, what what's going on with Gen, right? Yeah, th- th- that's kind of what I mean. Like, if, if yeah. that was the reward for figuring out that plot stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a minor point, right? Like, I'm not... This is this isn't verbal flaw. This doesn't damn the game by any means. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just kind of the recognizing where the the separation between like the gone home esque gameplay of this, mm-hmm. which is you know determining what happened, the archaeology yeah. part, and then the puzzles, which are really really well like disguised. Yeah, you know, in it, they're part of the the world here, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I wanted to choose a door that re- you know, and I would make that choice based on knowing gun's character yeah yeah you know i wanted to think about like his personality and be like gun is this kind of dude so he'll probably do this yeah yeah and have that help me move forward and Mm -hmm. kind of with him being paranoid and making everything into this very complicated uh series of locks all across the island um we kind of short circuit that because it you you don't really think of him as like a rational actor no no you know, like knowing his character did not advance me in the game yeah. as much as I maybe wanted it to. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, minor nitpick. Like mm-hmm. it's not a huge deal. It's just kind mm-hmm. of when I think about like the joy I was getting, you know, from figuring out the number system, which was super cool. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to diminish you feeling like a 15 year old genius for doing it either. Like it's, <laughs> it's neat, you know, but it also felt a little bit like it could have been a wireframe, like a, a come in one of those books of 100 puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like here's a cipher. I mean, kind of thing. As the, a, the, there's as there's the storytelling. There's a spectrum for that kind of stuff. Like this is no. I would put this nowhere near the seventh guest in the in the realm oh, of no. meaningless puzzles. No, 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 no. Yeah, I wouldn't just either. to make sure that like that that is a comparison that was used before for 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 seventh guest. I want to put to to put my firm down very to to put my foot down very firmly against <laughs> against uh, against that it, it comparison. Is a yeah, way way more elegant and cool than the seventh guest. Yes. In terms of that, but your cursor is in a skeleton hand that does come from the stairs. So, so it's so it's a wash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I just th- that's the kind of you know I'm I'm happy that uh, I came to it because it was a thing that was like sticking under my nail. Yeah, since I played it and I I kind of articulating it out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. coming to it. it's not a conclusion. Yeah. I came to this episode with the with fully formed. You know, yeah. I was just kind of thinking about it as we went. No, no, and that and that's and that's useful perspective because for me, both of those things, figuring out that Gan is a bastard and figuring out how the Denis numbering system works above ten, um, mm-hmm. you know, those are both intrinsically rewarding to me, and because they are both intrinsically rewarding, roughly in equal measure for me, actually, I never thought about the inherent disconnect between the two of them. Yeah, or the extrinsic reward. Yeah you know, for them. And, and, you know, as a, as a, a extension of my, like, I'm, I'm a gamer, I'd like a treat mm-hmm. kind of thing, like intrinsic rewards. Like, I always like that when I'm getting both. Yeah. I want something to be joyful in and of itself, but then I also want to like 
progress yeah. or feel like I'm moving mm-hmm. forward with it too. Yeah. But you know? the, but the epiphany that the, the symbol for five is just the, um, is just the symbol for one rotated. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. So the rotation is meaningful. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, I fucking I, love it. It's so good. I just said, you know, ended up writing them all out oh, yeah? on a piece of paper and then just kind of looking at them and figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once I had them, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it is, it is a cool feeling. Yeah. Like it is, it is a good version of that kind of puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is neat. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you are solving that you're learning the number system to get this combination for the, uh, for the domes, uh, once we figure out how to uh, open them up. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll need that information for later. Uh, also worth knowing is that Catherine is leading this rebel group, uh, what the, what the Islanders call the black Moiety. Um, mm-hmm. and they're getting more bold with their attacks. Yes. Um, these knives that we've seen, these are the Moiety knives. Um, and they're made of an element that again, has an encounter on Riven. And he's finding more of them on the south side of the Island where disappearances are being reported. Um, <laughs> we're going to later learn that Catherine is creating these knives. Yeah. Um, so Gen is working on this, uh, 234th age as a place for him to relocate his colony. Um, he's unsure if he will need to migrate because the shifts in the island have slowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't know if things are, are fixing themselves. You know, mm-hmm. climate change will just go away. <laughs> or, you know, he doesn't realize that Atrus is correcting his book. Yeah, it's only you know, uh, like maybe a, that's happening. It's a, it's a possibility, but he has no no way of knowing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last entry talks about how he has captured Catherine and how his guildmen have discovered uh, that the Moiety are carrying around these crystals that can power unstable linking books uh, that have been mm-hmm. built off of Denis schematics, uh, which uh, he's kicking himself because he's basically he's basically uh, <laughs> it's rebuilt all of these islands to power his books, whereas Catherine's running around with a rock that makes it uh, yeah, that, that makes it, uh, does it work. Yeah, that just does it again. The fundamental uh, inelegance of uh, of Gen's solutions to things. I love it. Yeah. American stick to <laughs> It's a real Tucker story. <laughs> so the, the path uh, past his workshop leads you along uh, this walkway to another large golden dome, this one on the Temple Island. And writing on the rim of the dome, if we look this up, says the end of the world is near. Uh, mm-hmm. So people know their islands are falling apart. Yes. Um, there is a crank handle uh, inside that extends this circular catwalk, creating a path back to the beginning portions of the game. So mm-hmm. there's a nice little shortcut here. Yes. Um, and a step outside reveals this gap in the walkway. Uh, if you turn around, you can press a button to raise, um, the, uh, the piece of this, uh, to actually go out and get to, um, get, get to the rotation room again, uh, which is nice. You can open it up again, creating this little, uh, walkway back. We're going to need this because we're going to have to, uh, quickly get around, uh, to another exit up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this pathway, uh, which we have, um, leads around to a closed door. And when we open it, uh, we go into the rotating room mm-hmm. with this section of the walkway raised. We can circle back down by the steam pipe to a strange section of the floor, uh, that we saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And when we press this button. It takes us down a level, um, to where there is a spinning dome mm-hmm. uh, here that is currently spinning. Um, and we check out the kinetoscope and it reveals, uh, the temple Island symbol, uh, is a circle with a dot in the middle. Yes. So, yeah. So useful yeah. information. We make a note of it. Uh, there was a maglev station behind Gen's workshop. 
So if we retrace mm-hmm. our steps back to there, uh, we can take this over to uh, the last major island. Uh, there's a fifth island, but it is basically two screens. Uh, this last mm-hmm. island is called the Survey Island. Um, and this is the station where there are two exits uh, that are available to you, depending on which way your car is pointed. Yes. Yeah. So if you're coming or going, mm-hmm. uh, you can get in and then like reverse the the car. Yeah. Uh, here uh, to leave the other way, which again felt a little artificial to me. Mm-hmm. Like just do a second door. That would be convenient yeah. for you and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the near exit that we can go to takes us up to this strange plateau uh, with these shark rock, shark rock pillars, uh, ridged chips <laughs> jetting out of this uh, brilliant blue water here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can take and this elevator a- up to an observation deck uh, where you can see that Gen has built uh, this huge replica of all of the islands of Ribbon. And there's a panel in front of you that uh, has the Tetris-like shapes that we have seen before uh, that actually correspond. This is the first time we've seen like an overhead view of what the Age of Riven looks like. When you press the button, it activates these water bulges uh, that show the topography of the islands um, and kind of like helping us understand what each of those shapes stands for. Yes. Yeah. And if we go to the backside of it, uh, there is a pin map the topography of the island, a pin map being like, uh, there's little, those little square things where you push your hand on it. Yeah. Your face, your, your hand yeah. comes out, your face, mm-hmm. your hand, somebody else's face, um, pops out. Um, this is, this tells us where the fire marble dome is on each island. Uh, this is what we actually need for the, uh, the waffle iron of doom mm-hmm. or, uh, or what have you. Yeah. Um, there's weird limitations of this. It can't show things, uh, you know, there can't be overhangs in it. Mm hmm. You know, so the the dome stands out because it's the only roundy mm-hmm. that's on here. Like yeah. it's it's hard to recognize these as places mm-hmm. uh, for me, um, just because they are so abstracted. Yeah, um, I knew that the dome was there, but I did not know necessarily what I was looking at in each of these these things for yeah. quite a while. This was a UHS thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, each of these. So like. The, you have to click on one of the constituent Tetris blocks that makes up the uh, the picture of the island. This will raise up the uh, a five by five grid uh, of the uh, topography of the island as you go and look. Kind of the uh, leap that you have to make is that this will only show the grid the the domes that are above ground. The one that's on the book assembly island is actually below ground. Uh, if you are in the room where the dome is spinning in that, you can look up and see that there's a, a hole in the ceiling. So that's what you're looking for in this pin map. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you are looking at this and rotating the pins in order to see, you know, where these are at and make a note, um, you know, of like broadly, if you mapped out all of Riven uh, on this 25 by 25 grid, uh, where would the domes be? That ends up being one of the pieces of information, the positions where you put these marbles and the... Um, uh, the color of marble that goes into different places is denoted by the symbol that is on the spinning domes. Simple. It's yes. easy. Yeah. 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 No, it's nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, relentlessly complicated. Imagine doing this if you were him. Like, goddamn. Uh, the, uh, one of the least convenient video game worlds to live in. Um, so this one, there's a kinetoscope uh, pointing at the, the fire marble dome that we have here, but we, it's broken. Yes. So we can kind of eyeball it and see that it's a circle with a horizontal line through it, uh, which we'll later learn means orange mm-hmm. um, or learn is orange from this, depending on how your eyes work. Yes. Um, 
the far exit from this maglev station takes you to this underground chamber above a lava vent. Um, and when you pull a lever here, an elevator car rises up from the water, uh, which you can ride down the basement mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, and when we walk along this path, uh, we see somebody in white robes who quickly runs away and takes the mav- maglev away to the jungle island, mm-hmm. uh, flees from us. Yes. Um, we're not going to chase them right away. Uh, you can go along the basement hallway here uh, to find another viewing chair that's kind of in this uh, underwater uh, uh, kind of uh, observation area. Uh, you can lift a lever and you get two viewing screens, one of which will show Catherine in her cell. Uh, mm-hmm. So she she is alive. This is proof of life. Unless it was a recording the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> No, they don't have recording technology in this. Oh, they do. They totally, like closed circuit cameras would fuck up this entire world. <laughs> the, the, but he, the, 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 they've got recording stuff. They've got a. Uh, th- th- that's how he gives the lectures to the oh, kids. It's holograms, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's a hologram. It's, it's different than recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Tupac is different than Tupac, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the right screen will actually uh, show you a rotating view of kind of the underwater, uh, the underwater portions of the islands. There is a uh, prominent light uh, that lights up in this view every time you go and look, uh, and these lights mm-hmm. are different colors. This actually. Um, uh, correlates to on the display one of the color notations. So this is you find this is how you find out which of the eye shapes corresponds to which color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a, a red light uh, that we can uh, you can press here, which summons a work mm-hmm. uh, to you. And the fact that this is right here by your viewing window. Yep. You know, again, again, you know, exhibit forty four or whatever. Again, being a shithead. Yeah, he's just sitting down here watching uh, works do stuff. Um, if you keep hammering the work button, the work will get annoyed at you. Yep. Um, and then just like leave. He makes a homer noise and then uh-huh. uh, leaves and won't come back. I love it. So I love ruining the relationship between Gen and the works. <laughs> he doesn't deserve friendship and his works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, one of the views that you can look at, uh, you can see. Uh, what appears to be the shape of like a uh, like a sunfish uh, that mm-hmm. is etched into a cliff, uh, and there's a space where an eye would have been. Uh, this is where Gen found the number one eye orb that was in his uh, in his office. So this is the other clue that you need. Yeah, yep, uh, and yeah, you can see that that's the animal uh, that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come uh, we come outside, we emerge inside the work uh, idol there. Um, and the, this ground level, uh, lets you out into the forest and we can go onto the upper level, which takes us to the upper walkways, yeah. um, where the, uh, the fire marble dome is, Yes. um, its symbol is the eye that is partway closed and is just a slit. And this, uh, is red, represents mm-hmm. red. Yeah. When you step out of the idol, this is when you can see the kid like standing there sucking mm-hmm. his oh, thumb yeah. before he runs away. Um, yeah. really unsettling. Yeah. Well, you just came from like what their, their big, you know, Satan figure or whatever. Yeah. This thing yeah. That they worship fear. Here comes this man. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the work. Um, yep. Beyond the dome on the upper levels is this extremely tall observation tower um, where you can sit into a chair uh, that is set into a work skull. And you can look down and you can see that you are above the gallows. Uh, this is where Gen would preside over the executions. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. levers uh, uh, opens and closes uh, the floor of the gallows where the uh, work would come up and eat somebody. As yep. the villagers watched. Gross. Mm-hmm. Sad. Um, you can go to the gallows and lower the seat here, which then you can ride up to the upper walkway to see where the people came from. 
Uh, this was a cool moment for me, like figuring out like, oh, I wonder if I can ride that mm-hmm. and then, you know, doing it. Um, when we get him, we find a cell where there is uh, one of the resistance members sleeping in the corner. Um, he is, doesn't talk to you or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go and press the button to open the cell and when we come back. He's gone. Yeah. Um, so we know he went somewhere. We have to figure out where he went. Um, it turns out that there is a secret, uh, drain and, uh, that you can open and pull a handle mm-hmm. in there, which causes a secret door. Um, it felt a little artificial to me that the prisoner waited for me to see them so yeah. they could disappear. Like, mm-hmm. Why would you wait to escape? Fucking weirdo. Don't know. Uh, maybe yeah. he didn't, he, yeah, uh, I, maybe he was keeping watch. I have no idea. Yeah. Or he's, he's there to, to, you know, to show it's, it's, it's weird that if, if he was there, if he's like put there by Catherine or instructed by the resistance to hang out there mm-hmm. in case, uh, an Atrus ever came yeah. to rescue him. That's a one that's like, yeah, no, fuck <laughs> you actually. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get lowered into the water for you. Yeah. It's like two steps um, away to be lowered into the work, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But also like, why wouldn't he just like show us how to open the thing? Yeah. You yeah. Know, if he thought we were Atrus or a rescuer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. You yes. know, there's not very many things to interact with in the in the jail, so it's pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. Um, I love the way this crawl space works because you have to uh, click through. It's very dark. Um, just, okay, click advance, click advance. It appears that it dead that, that it dead ends out um, into the water. But as mm-hmm. you turn around, you see that uh, you can activate lights and turn on lights as you go back to the entrance. And then with the lights back on and you turn around, you can see that uh, there's like a little trap door that you can open up that uh, diverts over into another section of tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with a, uh, a big set of pillars, these 25 uh, pillars with silhouettes of an animal mm-hmm. uh, on it. And we can, we get that dagger symbol of the resistance. Yeah. Um, so the code for this is hidden in those eye orbs. Uh, each eye orb that we had played an associated sound with an animal, mm-hmm. uh, which we identified by checking out the animals mm-hmm. uh, by going around or seeing the silhouette of the animal. Yes. Um, and this is how we're able to do these in order. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the numerals on the orbs as you touch them denotes which one of these you press in which order. So that is yes. the way that you get into here. Uh, you don't want to head here immediately, though. Like. Mm-hmm. You can come here, but I think that it, yeah, you, you would have more context. The efficient way is to, uh, is to find Gen. Yeah. I, I came here first yeah. and then came back and stuff and it's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, weirdly when you do go through here, it's the cover of the game, even mm-hmm. though it's this like tiny little room you spend very little time in. Right. Right. It's like, we, we had a striking image with this gigantic, uh, root <laughs> sphere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we didn't yeah. want to lose it. So that was one major puzzle that could take us to the uh, the uh, rebels age. The other big one we have to do uh, is to get to Gen, uh, and uh, it's a huge process to link to the two hundred thirty third age. Uh, that involves powering up the linking books, which involves dealing with that uh, dealing with that uh, waffle iron. Yes, yeah, and making uh, you know so they can they can spin um, to to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to get on to the top of the large gold dome, uh, which involves raising 
and turning a drawbridge into a stairway um, and then circling around through the rotating room to get to it. Yes. Which brings us to the grid, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, there are six little fire marbles off to the side. Um, and we it looks like a, like a square version of um, Chinese checkers, sort of. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, just, you know, they just put them on, on the grid. And we, you place them uh, where the dome is on each island with the correct color. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and I have no idea how I'd feel about this if I wasn't colorblind, but yeah. the amount of friction here was immense and really irritating. So uh, uh, your mileage may vary on this. I like it quite a bit. So, yeah, mileage will vary. But when mm-hmm. you put them in the right place and you lower the top half of the grid, uh, the waffle iron, you hear a huge release of steam. And you hear things power up. You have uh, routed all of the, uh, you've routed to all of the individual domes um, of the steam that is necessary to open them up. Uh, and this is where you're going to find the linking books to uh, Gen's 233rd age, where he is doing most of his writing. Yes. So to open those up, you have to go down uh, to any of them that have a kinetoscope and then press the button when the gold symbol is lit up, this is finicky and bad. I wish it wasn't a timing based thing. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. Like this little, like stop, you know, nothing uh, else requires reflexes. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we go and do this. Uh, the, the book is locked behind glass. Um, and we can use the code from his journal Mm -hmm. to set the sliders in the right notches and, uh, link to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it links us to his age. Um, it is this barren, uh, terrain uh, here with these mushroom rocks uh, jutting out. We're not going to spend very much time here. No, no. Uh, because, of course, Gen puts you in a cage yep. when you come here. Uh, that's Gen's trick. Yeah. We are uh, caught in this age surrounded by unpowered linking books. Uh, there's only one thing you can really do, uh, which is to press a button that summons Gen from his, uh, from his other little chamber uh, to come in. And we've got an actual person talking to us. Yeah. And this is, you know, when you talk about, when I was saying how I don't feel like they do very much with like the Gen or Catherine, you know, choice here. Mm-hmm. Part of it is during, like, while he's saying all the right things, they're playing pretty sinister music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he's, it's well performed and warm. And the, uh-huh. the music is just like spooky oboe dot wave <laughs> for the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very funny. Yeah. Uh, but he starts, you know, he's like, hey, I'm sure you've heard a lot about me, but this is all false. Like, yeah. I don't trust people as soon as I hear them either, so I get it. But let me talk to you a little bit about, like, how I've changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I once did, you know, it's true, I tried to murder my son. Yeah. You know, and uh, Adris trapped me on age five. Um, and that was horrible. Like, no sentence could be too harsh. But you have to know what Atris did had horrible repercussions for these people. Yeah. <laughs> and no. that's that's a real, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's know. saying, oh, the age is decaying. And, you know, I could have helped them so much better if I was outside of it. But, you know, here's how things go. And it's like, hey, la vie. yeah. Hey, dude, I know that you've made yourself a god and you've been sacrificing people to works. So, mm, yeah. Yeah, all that. Uh, And he starts, you know, again, talking about Catherine saying, oh, she's created so many problems, so many problems for the people of this island. Um, And he says, you know, between you and me, Catherine believes that she's this religious savior. Like, bro. (laughs) Dude. You you painted yourself with a halo like a bench. (laughs) This feels like this is uh, reaching out uh, to the specific uh, PC gamer dad market who might be unsatisfied with their daughters-in-law. Oh, yeah? (laughs) You know? 
<laughs> you know what? She is I'm so a relate again. Yeah. Yeah. She, she ain't so great. <laughs> They're not good enough for my boy. You know? <laughs> my saintly boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he says, you know, At- Atris probably sent you to, to save her. And of course he thinks that, but he doesn't know what she's like now. Yeah. Oh, ever uh, since she came here, you know, it's vastly changed. Right. Which is intriguing and cool because we haven't met mm-hmm. her yet. Right. You know, but again, that spooky oboe music just kind of signaled <laughs> that he was lying. Yeah. Uh, so he knows that when I came here, my linking book was stolen from me. He he doesn't have it, right? You know, because mm-hmm. it was the his, his guy was darted, right? So mm-hmm. he wants me to recover that book for him while he continues working on his promised sanctuary. You know, like I need to I need to be here creating a new home for these people. You just go get that linking book for me, and then we'll then we'll talk. Yeah. Uh, and he, he turns on, you know, as a courtesy, he's like, I'm going to do this for you. Here mm-hmm. are all the, these linking books around so you can bop over to the different islands yeah, uh, and go find that. We can go to the fifth island, which is the prison island, which is Catherine's cell, but we can't get in yet. Right. Uh, it is a sound lock and we cannot open it yet. Right. Um, so we have that piece of information and we have our, um, <laughs> we have our mission from Gen, should we choose to accept it. So now we can go yes. over to the age where the Moiety are living, uh, the age of Tay, um, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, where we can get there. You go and you put in the uh, the animal pillar code, fish, beetle, frog, mm-hmm. sunner, wark, uh, mm-hmm. and the water that is covering uh, the far vault door flows away, and the linking book slides out um, uh, of the panel with this uh, dagger symbol. And you can actually see there's this crystal laid over top of it, and the book is partially burned. We're going to figure out why later on. Yeah. Uh, we can use this. You know, It has the crystal, so we don't have to go through a bunch of machinations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we emerge looking into this tree hive that is the cover of the, the game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And we turn around and walk into a hallway. We get darted and dragged to a tree, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we regain consciousness in a cell and a, a woman comes in and tries to speak to you. We can't understand her, but she does say something that sounds like Catherine and she leaves you some books to read. Yes. Um, one of them is a linking book to Denis uh, and the other is Catherine's journal. Right. Um, and there's a note slipped inside the journal. Uh, you know, the, the Moiety are in contact with Catherine from her cell. She actually wrote it from in there. She says, you know, it warns you, hey, don't signal Atrus until, uh, until I'm free is what she says. And yeah. we said about reading uh, her journal that she has kept since she arrived here on Riven. Yep. And again, a minor bugbear, but I have to point it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to outlaw cursive in games. Yep. Um, I hate this script. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, just went online and read a transcript of it. Yes. Uh, which eliminated some of the convenience of me playing this on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like pretty irritating. Yes. So get rid of cursive, please. Yeah. In general, I don't care for it. Keep it in like yeah. historical movies. It's ugly. You can't mm-hmm. read it. Yeah. Do you know? It it's was like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. It feels like like yeah. like class signaling. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I went to preparatory school. Mm, look know, at me. Kind of, some kind of horseshit. I have no calluses um, on my hands. I'm a fancy boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm very soft. I'm I'm the protagonist of Cabin Boy. Look at me. <laughs> um her journal. Uh, talks about how when she arrived on Riven, uh, how she got darted, and eventually reuniting with her people who are very cold towards her. Yes. Uh, this is the thing you alluded to in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this rebellion, the Moiety formed uh, after these two Rivenese, 
uh, witnessed the struggle between Gen uh, and Atrus that resulted in Gen being left here, right? Gen had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fashioned himself as this infallible god, and, you know, he no longer has the ability to go away <laughs> because of what Atrus mm-hmm. did. Atrus must be the true god, right? Gen yeah. is a pretender. He's false. Uh, and Catherine, because, you know, uh, she was taken away from this place by Atrus, must be the chosen wife. Therefore, Catherine, you know, will rule over Riven one day as this semi-divine figure. And Catherine is really, really uncomfortable with the faith and expectations that they have placed in her. She just wants to yeah. be at home with her people, and they have put this distance between her. So, like, immediately we have somebody who has no right to be called a god because the people do not trust or like him, who is forcing that role on himself the people who and then you have somebody who uh does not want the power but it is being thrust on them anyway yeah yeah it is kind of like when i think about this this game in terms of like it's colonialism mm-hmm. messages this is also something that feels a little weird to me because it where's the the Rivenese people mm-hmm. like why doesn't she communicate to them yeah they're not god she's been here for a long time you know like i understand why they don't simply overtake gen you know gen yeah. has <clears throat> powers that they don't but it just feels like she could do something about this she is not she has not been here for very long she was only she's only been here for yeah for like a couple of months basically at most yeah Yeah. they they, they have had seems like the kind of thing that yeah you know she hasn't been here for 30 years but she could still yeah tell tell them um they they don't believe her uh when she says it like they the the the, you know there is like a doctrinal uh conflict between them you know yeah which I, I guess that's what I mean when I say like kind of disempowering to the Rivenies. Like they're yeah, kind of idiots mm-hmm. uh, in this. So yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of like, this is woke for 1997, mm-hmm. um, but not 2021 woke. Right. In terms of that. Right. Um, so her, her trips to the surface have been really uh, disturbing. Like Riven actually used to be one island mm-hmm. and it's splitting apart due to the unstable age. Um, and the landscape has been, you know, Despoiled. clear cutted and, yeah, despoiled, dotted with Gen's like steamwork, gross contraptions. Mm-hmm. She calls um, it his uh, his his self absorbed constructions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And his uh, Gen's trick is when he did this, you know, to this world, he wrote all of the necessary materials to create new linking books on the island. Right. So he could not get totally trapped. Right. You know, even if he couldn't get back to Denis, where all of his uh, resources were, uh, he could at least uh, get away as this one uh, uh, fell apart, right? But of course, mm-hmm. he throws a tantrum because he believes that the materials are not pure enough for him to create an actual linking book, right? When it's yeah. uh, a shortcoming of his own, um, he blames mm-hmm. the the Rivenese always. Uh, Catherine has identified the uh, the Starfisher viewer. You know, seeing that it is uh, uh, put together, they've observed the combination. This is one of the randomized things. You know, my my combination mm-hmm. is here. Yours will differ, uh, but this is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for pl- pulling the plug. Yeah. Um, Gen briefly thought he could go after the mist book, so he started throwing dissidents into the starfisher mm-hmm. uh, to observe what happened if they fell. Pretty evil. Yeah. Um, the uh, so those people are all just wandering around Earth. <laughs> yep. I, I guess. So it sucks that it'd be them. Yeah. Um, the Moiety uh, associate that dagger with Catherine. Um, she's the one who wrote all the large daggers into the world while modifying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this stands opposed to the work, which Gen has taken as his own symbol. So it's, you know, dagger versus whale, the classic mm-hmm. conundrum. But the idea of these giant daggers being here, like something she just wrote into the world is super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, um, Catherine puts a lie to one of Gen's belief that you need to have Denis blood in order to write linking books. Uh, mm-hmm. She, uh, Atris teaches her how to do this. She, along with Anna, again, who has no Denis blood, they're the ones who wrote The Age of Mist. Uh, and Catherine's own style, because she is not like grown up indoctrinated into the ways of doing it, she creates these really surreal, um, you know, worlds that break physics but are consistent. So, like one of her first ages was this uh, like torus-shaped world, like a donut world, uh, where like there was a waterfall that fell through the middle of it um, and became rain on the other side. Like hmm. so, her putting these daggers down is kind of just a thing that she that she does because she has this uh, approach to the way that she makes these books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's learned that Gen has created these other links and that the Moiety have acquired a burned half completed book uh, from them. And her plan was to modify the book to create a new age uh, for the Moiety to kind of help them escape. Um, she wrote the material for the amplifier crystal into the age mm-hmm. so she can power the books and she used a marble dome to power the book on Tay. I uh, got that crystal and linked back. All the Moiety were ushered into this new secret age. Yeah. Uh, Tay. So that's why, age. that's why they can't be caught. Like he's never found where they are because you know, it's locked behind this, you know, animal pillar door. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and after we read this journal, the woman comes in again and she has a linking book back to Riven and the amplification uh, crystal. Um, and, uh, she, you know, tries to motion to you, Hey, make sure Catherine is safe. Yes. Uh, here. Um, and this now allows us to, uh, you know, get, we get the book back so we can mm-hmm. capture again. Yeah. So we have a prison book. We can link back to the animal chamber and we can go to the 233rd age, uh, mm-hmm. where Gen eagerly takes what he believes is the Denis linking book from you. Um, mm-hmm. and this is nerve wracking. <laughs> I love their performance yeah, yeah. in this because he takes it and, you know, this is, uh, it, 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 he rests on this for a while, uh, flipping through it, looking at the writing, you're like, okay, like, is the king going to figure out that I poisoned his meal? Right. And yeah. he's about to touch the linking panel when he realizes, no, Hey, you take a bite of this first. He holds it up to you and says, you link, you know, you do this. Mm-hmm. If you take too long, um, you, uh, he'll say like, all right, well, I'll give you time to think about it. You know, I would be, I would be, you know, desperately disappointed if there's anything going on here. Um, and he'll put it down and you can summon him back. I believe if you summon him back and then don't touch it, he will kill you. He does shoot you eventually. Yes. You have to do it a couple of times. He gets really impatient. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have no choice but to do it. Yep. To imprison yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, imprison yourself. And you see through, you know, in the sunken place, uh, through mm-hmm. the little viewport, um, and you can see that, you know, if at this point you made the mistake of trusting Gen at any point, you see that you're wrong because he's readying his gun. You know, he thinks he's going to go through here and shoot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when you touch the panel, you guys switch places. Yes. Um, and you can, you know, the idea here is that this was made, you know, this is, the, he doesn't think it's going to be a one-way trap book at right. all. Yeah. Um, so that's why you switch. Uh, there are a bunch of fun uh, bad endings. Mm-hmm. If you trap yourself, <laughs> you, you can take you can take him to Tay and then and then release him. <laughs> yep, and just be like, he's literally like, it's time to get revenge. Yeah, <laughs> you know? lock and load. Uh, again, just you know, the the uh, Riven Rivenese never fight back. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, just one old man with a gun. Yeah, uh, is easily their equal. Um, or you can uh, send yourself to jail. Yep. Uh, in in Tay and like a couple of rebels find you mm-hmm. and one of them almost lets you out and the other one slaps his hand. Yeah. Uh, that's really cute. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so now he's trapped. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, if we go to his writing table where his linking book is there, it doesn't work. He was not going to save the Rivenese. No. At this point. Like, <laughs> he's just a pathological liar. Uh, this guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, you can go, you can go down into his living quarters. I love this. I love the stuff down yeah. here. Um, no, this is great. Uh, not only his weird sink that he built for himself, uh, mm-hmm. but there is another Amon or Ahmad, uh, viewer at the far end, one of these, uh, circular cages that when you power it, there's a woman, uh, talking directly. It's a recording of his dead wife, the, 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 yeah. the, the wife who died, uh, giving birth to Atris. And on the yep. wall by his bed, you can see uh, two photos, uh, one of which is the woman from the um, uh, from the imager, uh, Keta, uh, and the other is his dad, Atrus, uh, for whom Atrus mm-hmm. is named. And also his bassoon, which uh, his leitmotif yep. is this uh, little bassoon melody. Yeah, that he's been playing. Um, his bedside table has the combination to the prison, mm-hmm. a little device he listens to every night because yep. he's a weird pervert. <laughs> um <laughs> And we can like just really taking a lot of joy in imprisoning yeah. his daughter-in-law. Yeah. Um, you can read his most recent diary uh, and he is upset that Catherine linked in as taken by the rebels, but he's very puzzled to hear that she didn't have a Lincoln linking book with her. Yeah. Uh, he can still not understand the idea that other people know how to do this. Yes. <laughs> so like figures, all right, well, she probably came here accidentally, but she can still be useful. Right. Yes. Um, his grand goal, what he wants to do, he you know he wants to rebuild the Denis culture, um, and mm. it doesn't matter what it costs to make that happen. He needs to get back to the city of Denis, which is underground on Earth. That's where uh, that's where Atrus is um, uh, to get his resources and start writing, so he can you know just do uh, multi dimensional exploitation to build things back up, right? Yeah. And he's got really just just outright racist views about the mental capabilities of the Rivenese. Um yeah. and just like, oh, the you know, the the old ones, the older ones, I should never have told them that I have the ability to write these books. They don't understand, you know, the the, the importance and the reality. I need to get to them as children so they can be perfectly subservient to me as a god. Yeah. Yep. Uh he says he's disappointed in his large adult son. Um <laughs> He's saying he should have never left the boy with Anna. He blames with causing the downfall fall of the Denis. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he uh, captures Catherine, he's furious because she'll only answer in the Rivenese tongue, which he has not bothered to learn. Mm-hmm. He wants to remake them in his image, not the other way around. Yes. Um, he, all he already learned was she came here unintentionally. Right. Um, the, you know, t- touchingly, the, the entry where he, uh, talks about missing Keita, missing his wife is in a much more wobbly hand and you can see tear stains on the page. You know, he mm-hmm. wishes that, you know, w- with his pen, which can cr- create worlds, he wishes he could just write her back to life, you know, so they could just run away. Like I wouldn't need Denia if I had her, but you know, just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the final entry is about, uh, is about the stranger's arrival. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I find this attempt at, uh, kind of sympathy for him way too little too late Yeah, in here. Uh, this, this, you know, they kind of bummed me out when I read this. Cause it was like, man, I, you know, you know this like a TV tropes, pet the dog moment Yeah, yeah. uh, for him. And it's like, you're, you're a comically evil dude. <laughs> like again, that, that, that Lily was reverse gilded a lot. Yeah. Um, so we can now go to the prison island and release Catherine because we know the uh, funky uh, rhythms that unlock her. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she gets to the elevator with you, checks to make sure again is in the book, and says, go back to the temple and reopen the star fissure. Uh, that will signal Atris. Yes. Um, uh, and this is the, I mean, this is the end game. We're done. Yeah, we're, 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 we're done. We've, we've got Catherine out. Yeah, yeah. Like the game even limits the places you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just go and we use that combination mm-hmm. now that we have it. Yeah. Um, and lower the telescope toward that we have there down towards the glass until the panel shatters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because you said when you mentioned, oh, pulling the plug, what happens is a little bit like you pulled the plug on the bathtub and everything starts being mm-hmm. sucked into it. Like it is not a vacuum, you know, necessarily like there's air in there, but it has been deprived what it wants. So it begins like by pulling in the telescope and then everything else is coming in. Uh, Atris links into the cage uh, and Catherine joins us, you know, and we've done it. Uh, we've, we've done everything correctly. Gen is, Gen is captured. The rebels have mm-hmm. uh, been safely taken to Tay. Um, yep. And Catherine links out. And Atris yep. links out over the fissure. The book falls in and so do I. And he says, you know, maybe one day we'll meet again. It really looks like he's leaving you to be fucked. Yep. <laughs> like, and just sucked into the thing. Uh-huh. Like... Some of the, some of the, the, you know, the fact that the world was going to fall apart if they opened this and it was just going to send everybody back to earth, uh-huh. you know, uh, <laughs> it, it kind of takes some of the threat. Yeah. Away a little from bit. It. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was just like, oh, isn't this supposed to be a bad thing? Uh-huh. Like, you know, but no, it's not. No, no. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, you, the only thing you're supposed to be sad about is the animals. Yes. Uh, who will get also sucked into Earth, I guess. I guess. So look out. We, there's yeah. going to be a bunch of flopping whale sharks just like in 1800s Earth. <laughs> yep. You know? They become so powerful now. Yeah. <laughs> you jerk in the middle of the yeah. desert, which is either in the Middle East or in uh, New Mexico, depending on which, when you read the continuity. Yeah. 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 And th- <laughs> that's how we got dishonored. up at this kind of cleft in the world as we're floating through this uh, void um, we get this monologue from Atris about the ending mm-hmm. um, just kind of about endings in general and how you'll arrive safely back in your own, own world yes which I guess we never see we also have to take that as trust too like, this could be a like father like son scenario <laughs> yeah I know. You just, <laughs> you're just in the void forever no you you, yeah. you you survive you come back like you you know uh, and missed uh, missed three missed three star oh. missed three and four star the same character you know you uh, continue, you know, continually involve yourself in uh, in Atrus's affairs. Uh, you can't mi- quit him. Yeah, Mist Five takes place after Uru. Uh, Atrus is still alive. Uh, Atrus's daughter is an adult at that point, um, but uh, it stars somebody different because it takes place like two hundred years later. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that is uh, Riven. That is uh, Riven. Quick note uh, on the the fake ending where you don't free Catherine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But you do trap. Uh, again, uh-huh. it's very funny. <laughs> he's like, you, you undeniably did this dude a solid, but he's not real happy about it. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you know? I guess I'll never know the fate of my wife. Well, let's go then, yeah. I guess. And if you, if you just pull the plug in general, he's like, great, you did that quickly. And then again, shows up and shoots him and then shoots you. <laughs> very funny. Uh, the bad endings of this are very funny to me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, you know, again, that is uh, that is Riven. Thank you, Dr. Bois. Thank you, Dr. Bois. This is still one of my favorite games. Uh, this is extremely near and dear to me. I am looking up right now. There are two missed posters above my desk uh, here in my recording room. Uh, I, this series is incredibly meaningful to me. 
uh, got to me at a, a you know young enough age and has really kind of informed a lot of the kind of like fiction I like and a lot of the ways that I enjoy stories to be told to me in video games. You know, uh, it's mm-hmm. hard to come back to this and be completely sure that you're not uh, looking at it through the warm lens of nostalgia. I try my best to kind of evaluate the puzzles in the worlds, you know, dispassionately, but that is impossible to do. You know, just it's mm-hmm. it, there's no such thing as being purely objective. I think that this is a remarkable game <laughs> um, that uh, uh, is extremely well put together. And while I do see the shortcomings to it, it is hard not it is hard also not to see it as a, a high watermark uh, for a particular kind of game. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree that this is probably, you know, this is a great version of a particular kind of game that just isn't as aligned with my DNA. Mm hmm. You know, I didn't didn't come upon it at the right time to have that kind of uh, absolute malleability, you know, malleability mm-hmm. uh, that you have, like when your your favorite things are all formed. Yeah, no, yeah. you know, around the same time. Um, I admire it a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it is neat. I didn't come away from it as thirsty for the world and mm-hmm. the concepts of it. Um, I like the concept of writing, linking books and descriptive books and such, but it doesn't intrigue me to a huge degree Mm -hmm. you know um and the idea of i was reading the synopses of the later uh games Mm -hmm. and just the you know the weird linking you know surreal places that are inspired by actual you know cultures that Mm -hmm. live in huts like a lot of the time yeah is something that i i just get a little sick of yeah you know it's like this these people are basically you know samoans but uh, they live in upside down, you know, cages from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, they're all kind of like, they don't speak the language and everything. There is a weird element to that that feels weird to me. Like mm-hmm. it's anti-colonial, but also. Engaging in colonial they tropes. Have a great view of people. Yeah. You know, uh, of those people. It just kind of feels a little bit limiting to me. Mm-hmm. But it is really cool. I'm glad I had a chance to finally play it. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that it's widely available for all. Yeah. Because, you know terms of these things like it's this genre this specific kind of like big grand puzzle box game there aren't very many of these no no you know which is which is part of why i think um uh, outer wilds hit so hard yep you know because it's just been a while mm-hmm. since uh since this kind of thing happened and it's you know these are rare yeah you know it, yeah. it is it is really valuable when these come along because there just aren't very many of them mm-hmm yeah, and this is uh, the, the 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 game or the series that launched you know just a ton of people um, uh, into making their own stuff that was informed by mm-hmm. it. You know, this uh, mm-hmm. the, the, a lot of the things that we like and a lot of the games that we're getting are you know still informed by this, uh, which is a big mm-hmm. thumbs up. This is hugely mm-hmm. inf- influential and foundational, and I think still holds up. Yeah, yeah, it holds up uh, better than than you might expect for sure. Oh yeah. Especially, you know, it, it is, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, assured. Like it's a very confident yeah. game. Mm. Um, yeah, I dig it. Um, I think that I would like, I wish that we had, I know that I'm partly the reason why we haven't done this before this year. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that we didn't do it the same year that we did outer wilds and Oprah Den. Yeah. Um, just be, and that's a personal thing for me, but it's, it's hard not sometimes to compare things. Yeah. You know, even if it's not a good idea, like things have to stand on their own. But like, just in terms of pure, like this would have felt more special to me if we'd done it first or done it like last year or 
two years ago. Yeah. Or at the yeah. very least, if we did them in order of release, like did Riven and then those other two. So saw yeah. a little bit of a, saw a little bit of an evolution that would have, I think been a, a bit more advisable um, rather yeah. than starting at something more modern with some, you know, kind of modern affordances and then going backward to something that is, you know, inarguably more Baroque. Yeah. And, and more, more foundational and elemental. Yeah. To that. Um, yeah. And again, these are minor quibbles. Like I like mm-hmm. the game. Yep. It is good. Um, next episode. So if you have things to say about Riven, uh, the deadline is April 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, at duckfeed.tv slash contact next episode which is our premium episode for the month is about ratchet and clank into the nexus yep um everybody gets the generalities the full episode is available for patrons at the five dollar level if you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv yes um if you have thoughts about our games that we're covering in may uh which are hitman 3 roller coaster tycoon Mm -hmm. Uh, that is Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic or Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which is the premium episode for that month. The uh, the, the deadline for those uh, for responses on those is April or sorry, May the 15th. Uh, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. If you have thoughts about multiple games, uh, please write them as separate responses. That does make things easier for us. If you would like to be like Dr. Bois and sponsor an episode, uh, you can still do so, even though we are almost full for 2021. Mm-hmm. So uh, just know that we're looking at like September and November, and then we're basically full. Um, we'll still book those out yeah. in advance. Uh, we got to figure that out at some point. Yeah. You know, like, do we want to be booking for next February? Like, that yeah. feels weird. Um, we're not going to take your money and run, but we just, you know, we're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Just know that there are a few slots left. So if you want that, get in soon, because at some point we will be looking at next year. Yes. For that. At uh, some point, relatively soon. Oh. Um, you can also leave ratings or reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is very appreciated. Yeah. And uh, and what should they do until next time? Uh, listen to other shows. Listen to Orb. Listen to Everything to Guppy. Listen to The Level. Uh, we're a yeah. whole big network. Uh, but um, until uh, until next time, watch out for works. Yeah. They're not as cute as they seem. <laughs> they look cute when they're young. But you're not ready for when they grow up. Yeah, you flush them on the toilet. (laughs)